Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Chemist Warehouse is now open in Browns Bay. Find us next to New World, opposite Countdown. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Kempi for breakfast, Monday the 27th of June. I'm back, I'm rejuvenated, I'm ready to rip into the week with the crew back up in Auckland in the studio, so it's great to be here. Uncle Kempi, morena. Morena, morena, buddy. Good to have you back. I'm glad you're you're back, brother. It's been a big week of sport last Mm. weekend on the weekend, and we've got plenty more to come. Mate. Big weekend of sport. No, it's good to be back with the team. Um, yep, had a good week down with all the family, but not ready to rip into it, mate. And what a weekend and a week to come back to after the Kiwis putting on a clinic and then the New South Wales destroying Queensland last night. The Black Caps under so much pressure, potentially yes. looking down the barrel of a, a clean sweep by England. Anyway, we're going to rip into that throughout the morning after 7 o'clock. We're going to chat to Craig McMillan out of the UK. Like I said before, 3-0, staring down the barrel at the moment. Joe Root, 55, not out. Ollie Pope, 81, not out. Operating run rate of just shy under 5, is it, Louie? I think it was about 4.96, something like that. So, mate, they are just going out and just change of attitude, change of coaching, coaching personnel, and well, Putting the black caps under so much pressure. So we're going to talk to Craig McMillan after seven. Following that, eight eight o'clock, we're going to chat to Tawara Nuko, Kiwi men's and women's league sides. Put on a show over the weekend at a as a 
at a packed out Mount Smart, 50 to 12 to the Kiwi Ferns and 26 6 to the Kiwis. Tawara Nico will uh, come on the show and uh, have a wee chat about that. And then Paul Cole touched on in uh, Aroha's news. He is playing this morning. He's playing in the final of the World Tour, PSA World Tour in Egypt. And hopefully after he finishes, he'll join our show. We're going to flick him a message straight after. He is a very good friend of our show. And hopefully Paul Colt can get the job done and uh, win that tournament and uh, get a wee pay- paycheck as well. Turn left, he reckons. Coming home, he's going to shout his whanau. I'm catching up with Colsey on Thursday and potentially he might come in the studio as well, lad. So it'll be good. be awesome to have him. He's, mate, he's probably... Heading in the direction of a Halberg somewhere thereabouts, isn't it, Uncle? Oh, I don't think I've watched as much squ- uh, squash you coming here when it, whenever it's on. Mm. And the kitchen's got it on here on all the tellies. So, um, mate, a lot, geez, it's gone to a different level yeah. from when I was a kid um, and playing the odd. I know you had a game last time you were up here. I think you couldn't walk. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty impressive to watch. It's growing, isn't it? It's a it's a sport that's growing. Like you, you look on TV, it's on all the um all the TV screens. The PSA World Tour, they're getting a lot of money. Like if Colsey wins this, I think the paycheck is fifty four thousand US dollars, and the runner up gets still gets thirty nine US dollars. So it's well worth it. Yeah, so it's well worth it. Mm. Um, but mate, it's it's growing. It's Egypt's number one sport. They've they've got like the top ten. Or mostly from Egypt. Then you've got young Paul Cole, who's just shaking up the the World Series team, and you know just putting on an absolute clinic. He's coming back uh, this week. He was touching back into uh, down in New Zealand. Uh, Squash New Zealand have actually got an event in Tauranga on Thursday, and I'm actually playing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm playing Colsey, mate. <laughs> I don't know what I've set myself up. They anyway, call that an exhibition. Oh, mate, he, he sent me a message and he was like, "Hey, uh, you know, just." Just didn't really give me too much information. He's like, oh, New Zealand Squash want you to um, come to Tauranga and, and uh, you know do something for for us. And I said, oh, yeah, what is it? And he didn't really share anything anyway. I said, oh, you know what, Colsey, you've been an absolute champion for our uh, radio show and radio station. You've always come on, we were mm. fast, win or lose, you, you've always been there. And I said, mate, I'd, I'd love to do that for you. And he's like, oh, awesome. So, you know, I got a couple of emails from New Zealand Squash, booked on a few flights, blah, blah, blah. And then I was kind of like sitting there. And then I got a few random messages. They're like, bro, you need to practice. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, mate, you're playing Colsey in an in a exhibition match. And I was like, no, I thought I was on Colsey's team. So, yeah, apparently I'm going... Uh, <laughs> On Saturday, Liana De Bruin, the yeah, former yeah. netballer, she's gone as well. John O'Bolt, um, former cricketer. Uh, so yeah, there's a few of us going along and, and just going to have a game of squash. But like you said, Unc, I played um, Beaver a couple of weeks ago, and he absolutely schooled me. So I've got no chance. <laughs> absolutely no get on, chance. Get on the text message. <laughs> get on the text message and say to Colsey, "Just take it easy, son." Oh, it's going to be pretty cool to be able to just witness him. Joelle King's going to be there as well. Um, she's uh, obviously the our leading women's uh, competitor on the PSA World Tour. So it's going to be real cool just to see them up close and get an understanding of the sport. Mate, it is physically mm. demanding. Oh, 100%. I, uh, the trainer at Newcastle when I was playing there, his name was Joe Dunnage, and he was the Australian squash champion mm. in his day. So when he was our trainer, he would have been mid to late 60s. Yeah, mm. and he had a gym and it had squash courts in it. And I remember one day he said, "I said, oh, you can play squash a bit, eh, Joe?" And he goes, "Well, yeah, I've played a bit, and I didn't really understand how good he, this guy was." 
And I said, I said, oh, do you want a game? He goes, okay. He, I said, well, I think it was up to nine, was it? Is mm. that what the scores goes up to 11. nine or eleven or whatever? And he he gave me ten start. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me ten start. He said, you just have to win one point, mate. He had me running around that squash court like there was no one's business, and towed me up. Absolutely tell, and this guy's nearly nearly seventy, yeah. and he's just tapping it, making me run this whole time. I was in, I was early twenties then, so I just got a really a real good appreciation for what those guys actually do on the on the squash court. You got to be fit, yeah. agile, um, and cozy, like you said, in and amongst all these Egyptians that are playing and making it their national sport. Man, they must get annoyed when the Kiwi boy steps up and makes a final and takes one of their spots. Have you seen his quads, Louis? They are. I have. They are big. They are big. They are such big, muscular quads, mate. Like, yeah, it's it's a physical. I played, I played two games now. Beaver smoked me, but uh, yeah, Beaver. Got, I got the last laugh because the ten year old smoked Beaver uh, a day later. <laughs> <laughs> so he was pretty deflated at the Tarapa, um Squash Club. That was pretty cool to watch. But I played Daisy as well. I don't know, but we went to Thailand years ago. We were only about twenty, and we were you know doing a bit of training. Played Daisy, I was like, smoke her. Bang. Put her on the planet. She was Hawks Space Squash champ. I didn't even know that. I was just like so embarrassed. Equestrian squash. Oh. So is there nationals this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, so nationals are in Tauranga. Yeah. This weekend. Um, so you actually in like is Izzy Dag actually competing in like New Zealand squash nationals? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I've said yes and I don't even know you what don't I'm actually. doing. <laughs> and I'm going on Thursday and I'm like And there's that competitive streak, eh? You know it. You're gonna get out there, the nerves, you're gonna walk out there and go, I know it, you're just gonna go I'll get one point off. I'll try. I'll, I'll get go one handy, mate. I'll go I'll put a shoulder in. I'll put a shoulder in hundred percent. Because what is it context? Paul Cole out for the year. Well can you touch like can you, you, you watch them? You're gonna dominate the middle, isn't it? And it's so it's so like the yell lit if you can't get past them, but I think the art of it and look, Paul will <laughs> would set me straight but I think the art of it is trying to get in the way without getting in the way you know mm. like you try and put your body in between them without actually being face. without being caught liable for stopping them but you're right he's got massive quads and he's because he's got these he eats how much tomato pasta does the bloke eat oh, plenty <laughs> plenty yeah look I, I, I'm quite embarrassed to be standing next to the, the the athletic specimen that is Paul Cole in my current state but that's okay. I'm looking forward to to Thursday and just giving back for for New Zealand squash, who I I think are doing a fantastic job uh, at the moment. So I was quite honoured to, to get along. there. Of course, get, get there. So uh, he's coming in the studio on Thursday with you lads, which will be pretty special for our crew on SCNZ. But a big weekend of sport, Unc, and great to see. I know we're going to touch on the Kiwis mm. later on in the show with Tawara Nico. Uh, mate, but pretty pretty special um, um, to see them running around again and you know putting on an absolute clean. Like Tonga, they were pretty stacked themselves, but they made you know made quite easy work of it. Yeah, they did, and it was you know a, a game of I guess position on the football field. They just couldn't get out of their half Tonga. They never had the kicking game or the spine in place with Katoni Staggs and Young Amone playing in the halves for the very first time. So, yeah, New Zealand, I. I reckon Tonga were lucky the rain came down because yeah. they looked really sharp, New Zealand, up until that stage. And then the ball got a bit greasy. There was one one stage in the second half where I think they went back-to-back errors, both teams for six errors. And, and that was just the state of the pitch and the field at the time. So um, I was impressed. Mm. I, I don't think I've, I said it all of last week that I don't think I've seen a Kiwi team on paper as strong 
um, across the board in each one of the, the key areas, which is your edges, your middle, and your spine. Yeah. And they look the goods. They honestly, at, at stages during that game, I was thinking, man, I wish there was a firm track because we'd really get to see what this side um, could really do. But a good hit out before the World Cup. Uh, Got to take my hat off to the Tongan fans. Mm. If you want to know what it is to be a fan, follow the Tongans. Mm. So honestly, the, the driving to the game, and I sent you those photos of those two houses covered in Tongan <laughs> yeah. flags, like right next door to each other, um, and all the cars covered in flags and the singing and and just everyone in a real happy mood. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly don't think they cared nah. that they lost. No, they just wanted to celebrate that. that sporting... Um, that atmosphere. So, yeah, big day for league. Big, you know, girls got to win, the, the men got to win, and, you know, had Origin on last night, and then now we've got the test match for rugby. It's just that, that time of year, and when all the good stuff is uh, is out there. The Warriors are coming home, and the, Mark. Mate, sold out. I know. So, watching that, me and Louis last week in the, in the show, watching the TV, and, and look, because we have the news up here in the morning, and across the TV, it was just, you know, just about sold out, just about sold out. And then on Saturday, the signs came mm. up. You know, Friday, the Kiwi sign came up. They were sold out. And then on um, the same day, the Warriors sold out. So big day for, big, big day for the Warriors this weekend coming home and playing the West Tigers. Big day, Kippy. Just before I get Louie in, I'm going to ask you this question. Joe Manu, centre turned full back. The, best, the meters, in the world. The meter eater. Un- unbelievable. Well, well, what would he be like if he was playing Origin? Is he going to go back centre? Like, obviously, they've got a pretty handy... Fullback in Tedesco at uh, at the Roosters, but mate, he's fulfilled that role and done it with ease. Yeah, I don't think he will. I think he'll stay there at fullback. Yeah, mm. but they need a centre. They need a centre, so he'll go back and, and play for the Roosters centre. Tedesco yep. fullback, but going forward, mate, like this is made a question: is it, is he a centre or is he a, is a fullback? I will tell you what, money wise. Oh, what do you got, Louis? So sorry, because t- you, you, you said the question is, and I was like, oh, maybe this could be the there question. There you go. Uh, kind of along those lines. Sorry, cut you off the hippie. No worries. Um, the look, rugby league was the league of it was the weekend of league, wasn't it? I kind of get pissed off when I see all the promotion around state of origin when they call it the pinnacle of the sport. And, like, I get it. It's an Australian sport. Kempe, you, you lived over there. You know how much they care about it. Like, the, the state of origin to them is kind of like it's different to anything else, right? It's, it's, it is for them. But I kind of get pissed off because you watch the Kiwis and the Tongans play. You watch what happened at Mount Smart and you go, that, that can't be the, that all that rugby league is, state of origin. I reckon the Rugby League World Cup at the end of this year is going to be that as, as good. It's going to be as good of an event as any sporting World Cup we'll see this year. I, I truly reckon it could rival the Football World Cup. Different, but I think it is dif- it's different, but I still think it can be a huge event. So the question is, hypothetically, of course, would the Kiwis win State of Origin? Mm. Good shout. <laughs> Do you, want could, to, could, do you want the answer right now? I, I, I want every yeah. I want, I want you guys can pontificate on it, but I wait hundred one five zero eight eleven double eight double three. If the Kiwis, this Kiwi side, played in a state of origin tournament, say imagine of Tonga, England, Queensland, New South Wales, the Kiwis, whatever, played in a tournament, because if it's the pinnacle, then they should clean us up. But that Kiwi side, and Kempi, you're so right about the weather. How good did they look when they were on? And 
That's what I'm wondering. Is this Kiwi side? Am I getting? Am I out of my depth, or am I way? Am I getting a bit cheeky, suggesting that the Kiwi side could compete in state of origin? Oh, I think they 100 percent could compete, Louis. But I know another angle. Your question is: is should international? Because you think in, in our game, and mm. uh, in, in, my, in the game I played with Union, you know, you go through uh, stages and stages, and the pinnacle is international rugby. That's the pinnacle, and in league, like the, the pinnacle. Is probably well. You're trying to say is it state of origin or should it be the Kiwis taking on the um, the Kangaroos, which is a huge match, or the Kiwis taking on te- like so? His test match was is international rugby league put on a pedestal as much as state of origin? Yeah, which and is, should which it is be? Not. It and should not. be. Mm. Yeah, and you're dead right. You know the the answer for, for me the answer to that question. Of course they do. Mm. So they they go out and beat it, beat the can. I think this team and the kangaroos will be sitting there, especially Mel Meninga, thinking, "I need to come up with a very good team to beat this Kiwi yeah. team." So, um, for me, yes, they do. Uh, you you got to remember that out of the origin, they pick the kangaroos. So they put together. They've actually got a. Tr- this is where they've always had it against the Kiwis. Is they play a three games series, which is their Australian trial to go and pick their team to yeah. pick, play the Kiwis. We get one. Um, token game against the Tongans, you know mm. what I mean, to put John put our game together. So that's a really good question from Louis. If the New Zealand, I'll tell you right now, if New Zealand were playing in the Origin and there was New Zealand playing either one of those sides in a three test series, they'd win it. Yeah. Do you do you really believe that? Hundred percent. They'd win it. And if you have a look, the, the the difference is it's an Origin and it's Australian, and the support and the commentary. I've always said this: like if you took Rabbit Warren away from State of Origin. You know what I mean? And you took the noise and all of the all of the the movie set stuff out of it and the romance. You've just got another test match. Yeah, yeah, right. What do you reckon? Do you think they could get up? I think the Kiwis could get up. Yeah, Matt. Like, that's from a Kiwis fan from from way back and watching them grow up. And you know, our next guest coming up after eight, watching him just run an absolute clinic <laughs> in the Kiwis, like break people. It's actually got me excited again. You know, like just they just got. A, a freakish spine. They're saying the right words. Um, you know, Bromwich coming out and saying they want to be the best defensive yeah. side in the in, yeah. the in the comp. You know, like so that the things that they're saying. So they are inspiring me as a fan. So I think, I think they hundred percent can um, can go out and, mm. and win Origin. Well, and you're right. They are saying the right things. Brandon Smith said, like he said, we look at this team on paper and we knew the spine could be special. But out there playing today, I saw them. They were special. Jerome Hughes kicking game, Kimpy. I mean, oh. you've been you've been saying the leadership is he the values. Best seven in the game. Well, Must ho- be. hold that one because this is that's that's another great can't wait question that I hold that one for Kempi after the break. We've got some text steaming on a double eight double three. There's a fifty dollar TAB voucher up for grabs. Give us a call. Would the Kiwis beat that New South Wales side last night? They were pretty sharp. It was dominant. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Can't wait. Question of the day. Kiwis. Could they be a state of origin winner after this? You can't wait question of the day around the Kiwis and can they or could they win the state of origin? Well, the texts have been steaming in. Here's one. Yes. Ronaldo Mulitalo hat-trick against Billy's boys with ease from Jerome. Mm. How good was he, Kimpy? Mm. We were excited for him, weren't we? Yeah. And he, he copped it too, apparently, from the cheese when he came in the, in the camp saying, oh, here he is, the Queenslander. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, look, it's a, it's a real good question there. Uh, Louis, because what you do is you open up a can of worms in and around Origin, international football players. You know, you look at or f- look how many uh, Tor and Luai that could have been playing for Samoa on Saturday night. Um, you go uh, Kofusi who could have been playing 
for Tonga. You know, there's there's all these boys now that you know, and Izzy's hit that on the head that have decided um, because of the prestige and the money to choose Origin over their international mm. um, huge like, money in that. Yeah, and and this is where the Tongans have really thrown the the, the cat amongst the pigeon. They've actually gone well. We'd much rather play for our country, and it's actually really scary for the Australians. I spoke to a guy in Sydney on on Saturday about it when they they phoned to, to preview the test match, and I said, you know, the international game has an opportunity here to actually step up because you've got players that want to play for their country. And what Origin are really worried about that no one's talking about is that their their financial model is, is will be put under pressure if that happens. So. Um, I hope that we do get more internationals. It was a beautiful night, you know, of international football. But you you sort of get excited like we do. They win and come back, and then see you later. We're not going to see them until the end of the year. I hope they uh, like there's news of NRL like they're they're going to scrap the Pacific Test window. They're going to scrap that weekend, which will be horrible because I loved it. It was great to see, and, and I, like I was listening to you have a talk there, Louis, and with the the whole question of the setup is like at the moment I feel like international league isn't the benchmark and oh, it's not it isn't the prestige and, and you think the world cup later in the year does that have more kind of feel or, or you know a special kind of feeling to the aussie players or does that of origin and we know how much they get paid in origin so i just feel like yeah like it's the balance is uneven at the moment yeah look the kangaroo jersey is something mm. prestigious you know if you look through that kangaroo jumper over the years and when they've worn it it had, and they used to have kangaroo tours, Kiwi tours, mm. English tours, et cetera, et cetera. But th- there's none of that no more. Nah. You know, so if they can, the Pacific, look, I've, I've only heard that, you know, that they can in that Pacific, like we need a Pacific Cup because mm. if you have a look at the players in the NRL that are representing Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, Papua New Guinea, New Zealand, New Zealand Māori and Indigenous Australia, then you've got a massive opportunity to grow rugby league. The problem that you got is, is that at the end of the year, because the NRL is the product, the clubs will not release the players because they've got to get them prepared for the following season. So it's just a really bad window to have it in. Mm. That is an outrageous question from you, Louis. The Aussie commentators are saying the Kiwi spine could be better than the Aussies. So I guess this text is saying they would pump them. The Kiwis would pump them. That's an outrageous question. <laughs> of course they would. A, a comp between two states from the fourth-ranked rugby side in the world? <laughs> Kiwis with better packs and the better spine. Hands up, though. I had Tamari Martin as my fullback. It's from Brett. And one last one. Morning, Kempi. Joey Manu has just showed we c- should have offered him 1.1+. plus. This would be coming from a Warriors fan. The kid can play anywhere. 404 metres at the back is un. Real. I got a clip from Madge McGuire. I want to play you guys uh, after the news with Aroha, but Kempi, Joe, you, Mate, you, well, you, Joey, Joey, couldn't even get a, can't even get a catch. You're going to le- lead into that last message too. Like, oh wow, there's yeah. no, no money will entice anyone of that club at the moment. I feel. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. You're dead right. The thing with Joey Manu play, playing like that, running for 404 metres, all right, he has just opened every club's checkbook up mm. to get the next best fullback in the competition. Yeah, he's not a centre anymore. He's not on that centre bracket Ooh. as he can be. And you, you've, you've been, you opened our eyes to the salary cap positions, and Joey Manu's had his eyes opened by his own performance in the NRL. Now I have to front up, pay up. <laughs> Half past six, I got this text that Izzy wants to read desperately after this. And keep your messages coming through. Would the Kiwis win State of Origin? I mean, the, the Blues were unreal last night, but that Kiwis spine, 
On paper, it was something. In real life, it was something else. Mm. Half past six is Araha with the news for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. I think, uh, I think, I did. Yeah, I think we did, I should say. Um, I think he ran nearly 390-something metres, so I'm sure that's a record somewhere. But uh, he was he was strong. Uh, but I thought, you know, I keep going back to they all laid a platform for each other. And, you know, Joe was catching the ball on the full off the back of really good kick pressure. Uh, every forward worked really hard in that department to allow Joey to be able to get it and then run the ball back. So, yeah, they complement each other in how they were playing tonight, um, which was which was great. The whole thing just worked well. Madge Maguire, what a relief for him after a nightmare with the Tigers to come out and get this result. 26 away from seven. We're talking international rugby league. What did you think of Jesse Bromwich, Kempe? You were slightly sceptical of the captaincy. I mean, I know you've got a huge opinion of Jerome Hughes, but did you think Jesse Bromwich's leadership abilities from what you saw were good? Oh, look, I've, you know, I've got nothing against Jesse as a player. He's a great player. And they and they had a really good middle. Like the, the, the impact and the tackles and the way that both teams, especially in the middle, got stuck into each other was always the highlight of the night. They had a massive forward pack too. Um, but the Kiwis got the better of them. Uh, I've never seen Jesse pass the ball so much. Mm. You know what I mean? He, he sort of, it was liberating to see him actually become a sort of an older, mature ball-playing player at international level and just allowing... Like Fisher-Harris went through off a Joey Manu short ball. You know, they, they got they got into a position in the middle where they thought, well, yeah, we'll, we'll do the tough stuff and then we'll do the fun stuff. And I, think, I thought all the middle was really good. You know, from Jesse to Fisher-Harris, you know, the boys that come off the bench. Nelson, mate, you see Nelson when he carries the ball and how many people have to tackle him? <laughs> And he's and it's not it's not a nice tackle. Like everyone's really nasty in the tackles, and he's nasty when he's carrying the ball. It's like, yeah, man, that's what Test football's like. So, um, I think Jerome's still captains aside because mm. Jesse goes off and has a bit of a stint on the sideline. But you know, Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Brom, mate, Kenny Bromwich was good too on the edge, right across the board, Louis. They were, they were all good. Yeah, they were they were massive. Is he? Morning, Kempi and Izzy. Did you see Christian Wolfers decline the Warriors job? I feel that it's going to happen a lot with our owner at the helm. They flew mm. to the UK to meet with him. I know. And then he said... And that's what I was leading to with that other message, like with 1.1. You offer him 1.5 and he's not even going to go to the, to the Warriors. They can't even sign a coach. And who would want to sign in their own right, mate? Like, you, you send, them, send them up to fail. Look, i got to... I got like if it, if, I don't know if it's true, like the media reports, you take it with a pinch of salt. But if it's true that Mark Robinson went up there to sign Christian Wolf, like Cam George needs to step up. Mm. You know what I mean? Let let the CEO do all of the work. Oh, did he go? Robbo well, go? The, 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 yeah, well, the article said that Mark Robinson flew up to talk to Christian Walsh to get him home. And as soon as I read that, I was like, what's Cam George doing? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about... <laughs> so he's gone. He's declined. Louis Kempe. So where do they go now? Where do the Warriors go? Well, he's right been taught that Madge Maguire is um, uh, leading the race. Mm. You know, I just, I, that's a desperate signing, isn't it? Oh, oh, look, I'm saying, not in saying that. I'm not saying it's desperate because of what we know on the weekend. Unk. Like, has, has that saved his career with um, how he's uh, trying to inspire the, the Kiwis? Uh, well, I'll say it. It is a desperate signing. Mm. 100%. You know, like, I think what we've said is that, and this isn't having a crack at the Warriors at all, is that they need a reset and a refocus right down to the, to the symbol, the tohu on their chest, mm. 
of the warrior needs to be reset. There's a lot that needs to go on, not just let's let's put another coach in that um, in that spot. And I think what Christian Wolf has has done is he said he's looked at it and gone, actually, I'm going to need a lot of other pieces to be in place if I'm going to go and take this up as my first gig. I think any smart coach is going to do that. Now, Kempe, you've spoken about it in nauseam, how you don't regret, but now looking back, you were too young to go into that first grade role and you needed to look at the wider picture and the settings and the scenario you put yourself in. And we can talk about that at nauseam until we find this next coach because I think it's really key experience and a really good something to draw on. I'd actually, well, yeah, I'm biased. I love the show, but I'd be listening to it to get a little bit of knowledge. 23. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's hard work, that one. <laughs> 23 away from seven. Love racing. NZ is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Uh, wow. Winter tracks, eh? The heavy at Tauranga. <laughs> Our man Daggy's had a fill-up on Friday at the heavy at Otaki. Of uh, Michael McNabb's won five. Mm. You've just nailed the last two races of the day. I just bolted the last two together because Nab was on a heater, and then um, about a six-dollar shot and a five-dollar shot. That was so good. $30 odds or something. <laughs> you know, Louie, the day before, yeah. had gone on about McNabber. Yeah. And he said, you know, the guy's gone all over the country to win this, and why wouldn't you follow him? And he's gone out and won five. I know. Did I try to follow him on Seti? No good. <laughs> he had a couple of winners. Yeah. He, he won the first two, three. He went first, second, third. Ah, uh, first, second, first. And yeah, Mount Vento. Mm. So the Kiwi Fruit Cup, it used to be a, it used to be quite a time honoured race, really. It still is, I guess. It just doesn't quite get the, uh, doesn't quite get the, I guess, classic horses. The Team Whelan's towed on a classic for Phillies and Mears. Jodel and Gal ran a big third on a really heavy track. She's still on. I would not lose any favours for Jodel and Gal. Don't drop Jodel and Gal yet. But the Mount Mount Vento won the Kiwi Fruit Cup, and we actually spoke to Michael McNabb. On Saturday morning, who's leading the premiership? They've paid him out, by the way. And Lisa Ulpri said she can't win it anymore, so it's all done. Nothing, to, nothing to see here. We spoke to him. We said, Mount Vento, do you reckon this is a good chance? And would you want to win this race? Wouldn't mind if we team you through a cup. <laughs> it was him in the bath. Wouldn't mind if we team you through a cup. <laughs> it was such a weird comment. He was like, "Yeah, Louis, I wouldn't mind a wee, wee kiwi fruit cup." I was like. Oh, yeah? Wouldn't you? Nana would quite like one of those. <laughs> and then went out and won it. And like, yeah, okay. <laughs> sure, never. He's in the bath. In the bath. He's dizzy as after winning five at Otaki. And, he, and you know what he said straight away? He said, I'm just going to pretend like yesterday didn't happen because Lisa says she can't win it. We all know that she's just foxing me. And she's going to try right to the death. She's going to fight tooth and nail. And, and he went out there and he got a couple more winners. So when, and when's it decided, Louis? At, uh, how long? Uh, so end of, when the season finishes, so end of July, June, July, August, yep. August. It's, a ra- it's a race. Dead set. Well, I don't think it is. Cause how many is ahead now? The, the TA, I actually think it's done now. The TAB oh. have paid them out. Oh. And we spoke to Thad and they said they've got all the stats, right? And they, they, ran, they ran it. They ran the graph and said... Well, he would pretty much have to not win a single race, and Lisa would have to pick up twenty wins, which is technically possible with injury or whatever. But 
and then he came out and won. So I think it is done. So mm. we'll we'll get we'll get his time we'll get time to congratulate him. But just so funny. Cheers, never. I would just. Wouldn't mind if we tear me through, cut. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of one. Oh, he's funny. Well done, never. Well done if you found a winner over the weekend. It was tough work. Although, uh, who is the the mayor that won over in Australia? Oh, Star Tontes. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Went back to her. Why did you bring it up? Because she won a group one, a tissue, huge fourth. It was. Shout out, Kurt. Yeah. Chris Waller, um, Dean, uh, Albert Bosma, everyone involved with a tissue, massive fourth she's again. She's got to give her a chance. Like, mate, she's start. She's give herself a chance. Yeah, I know. She, gets... she gets back. But well done. And she yeah. will win a nice race in spring. Okay. 0800 That was loveracing.nz. Keep your messages coming through on the Kiwis. I saw a $50 TB bonus bet for the can't wait question of the day, which is could the Kiwis win State of Origin? But after this, he's back. Ooh, yeah, welcome back, mate. <laughs> yes. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Thanks to Willamette Travel. We want to get you to the Goldie 500. 0800 150 811, Quizzy Dag after this. On your radio Giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast Five questions for the win Supercars on the line 0800-150-811 You're mine it's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go-go. Yes, good morning, Quizzy Dag. I'm back in the hot seat and uncle's ready to give you some clues. If you need it, phone a friend, let's rip straight into it. And we've got Brett on the line. Brett from Huntley. Morena. Morena, Kazi. Welcome back to Mahi. Thank you, Brett. How you been, bud? Crook. <laughs> Crook like half the country, I think. Oh, hard, bro. Hard. All right. Let's rip oh. straight into it, eh? Question number cool. one. Who won man of the match in the Kiwis v Tonga match on Saturday? Who was man of the match? Who's that? Joey M. Yeah. Joey Manu. Joseph Manu. Well done. Question number two. Which weight division does Kiwi UFC fighter Carlos Olberg fight out of? Light heavy. Light heavy weights. Ooh. What a knockout that On was too. Bang. All right. Oh, yeah. Question number three. What is the name of the endurance race won by Kiwi athlete Ruth Croft yesterday? Oh, uh, Oh, no worries, Brett. Good to chat to you, brother. I'll chat tomorrow. We're going to go to Anton. Morning, Anton. Morning, boys. How are we? We Good. We are very good. Great to be back, mate. What is the name of the endurance race won by Kiwi athlete Ruth Croft? Uh, 
I would have said ultra marathon too, Matt. Hundred mile, hundred mile race. Ba-boom. Sorry, Anton. Have a good day, mate. Chat tomorrow. We're going to go to Callum, West Auckland. Morning, Callum. Morning, buddy. Morning. What is the name Anton, of the... Uh, Western States Endurance. Yes. Western States Endurance Race. Ruth Croft. Question number four. How many points did New South Wales score in last night's State of Origin? 44. 44 is correct. Question number five. Uncle... Are pretty good today. Here we go. Which US college did Stephen Adams play for? Oh, any chance a bit of a clue? Phone a friend, please. Steelers. Oh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is the easiest clue ever. Oh, there's Jensen. <laughs> Tell him. There's, uh, actually, that was actually quite like a sister. There's for that. <laughs> it's all right, bro. I just remember you always just missing out by one, so I gave you the easy one today. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you're well done. <laughs> Did he, he hear my, like, groan? <laughs> oh, so good. Well done, Callum. Uh, yeah, that draw, wow, we've got some names in there now, including Tony Kemp and Israel Dag to go to Goldie Pull 500 out. Come on. with Willem and Travel. Do you reckon... Did you go on the draw last week, Kempi? Five times. <laughs> <laughs> Not a single winner of the quiz last week. Kempi, every too good for them every wow. time. Uh, but you can keep calling every morning. 0800 150 to get in that draw. A couple of good texts here before we shoot off and get to Kempi's off the back fence. Kiwis were great, but the tongue and kicking game was terrible. Kiwis never had to come out of our 20. Very true. <laughs> Morning, lads. I think the Kiwis versus New South Wales Queensland will be close against each side. Four or six points either way. And there's a bit more on the Warriors coach. We'll save there from Richie. Morning, boys. Yes, the Kiwis could win state of O. Just as long as the refs are neutral. And by neutral, I mean from another country. <laughs> That's from Mark. And Mark will give you the $50 TAB bonus bet coming through on that and it's a great point because imagine that they wouldn't want the Kiwis to come through and win the state of origin would they eight away from seven Kempi's off the back fence I can only assume it's about a big night at Mount Smart on Saturday after this eight away from seven find 20% off the Amazonia raw range now starting from 359 at Chemist Warehouse and Kogan Mobile New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans visit koganmobile.co.nz you're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ The back fence with Tony Kemp. Well, what a night at a Pack Mount Smart Stadium where Sia Red awaited the Kiwis versus Tonga match between both our men and our women's teams. What we witnessed was truly an event that needs more inclusion into our international rugby league calendar, not the teaser we get every couple of years. The Tongan support for Jason Tomololo and his brothers in arms is, as Tina Turner would put it, simply the best. Man, that was crazy. The flags, the singing. Mount Smart was painted red and you would have sworn that this was a home game for the Tongans with only a splattering of black seen anywhere around the ground. But Joe Manu had an answer to the roar of the crowd by silencing them with an incredible 404 metres, the most of any international NRL player. He's great. And man, how good did the Kiwis look when they got going. Can they win this World Cup, I wonder? Mm, I think they'll chance, Louis. Is he? 
However, the real winner on the night were the Tongan fans, music, singing, chahooing for all to hear. Man, if you ever get a chance to see this event, make sure you take it and go to the next one. Well done to the Kiwis on a superb one, and well done to our Tongan whanau. You have shown every sporting supporter what true ownership of a team really looks like. Thank you. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Beautiful, one. Beautiful. Yeah, like I said earlier, mate, as a league fan, and you touched on it, we don't, none of us just tease. Give us more. Give us more. We need more windows, and, and International League needs to be a pinnacle. We've seen what the, the Pacific Brothers are doing at the moment. They're going back. They're uh, inspiring their own country. They're going back and representing their flag. And, mate, the, the International game is growing but it's only going to get bigger if we get uh, you know, the, the buy-in from, from all the bodies and governing bodies, mate, because it was awesome. Great event to, to be able to watch and uh, you know, see that even the Tongans been, you know, you know, uh, competing. Oh. You know, the, the small names, Samoa, Cook Islands, you know, just seeing how them competing. How good was that game? Mm. Fiji, Papua New Guinea, how good was that game? Mm. You know, like international football, we need more of it. Yeah, we need more of it, mate. We need all buying from from the NRL, all governing bodies to, to see the package that has unfolded over the weekend and give us some more. Coming up, we're going to talk to Craig McMillan, talk on the Black Caps. They're under so much pressure. Staring down the barrel of a clean sweep three zip. Hopefully not. We're going to get all the details from Craig McMillan. But right now, I'm going to go get me a McCafe coffee about now. Joey, go get it. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. 20% off the Amazonia Raw range. Now starting from 359 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, Monday the 27th of June. It's great to be back with the crew. I'm up in the studio, Auckland. Uh, great to be back in the presence of Louis and Kempi. Uncle, you doing all right, my brother? Yeah, mate. I'm, I'm always happy when you're up here, Izzy. Yeah, it's good, good to see it. your face and <laughs> check out which new golf clubs you got. Oh, no new golf clubs, Uncle. They weren't working, I must say. They weren't working down in Queenstown. What was it like, mate? What was it like playing the hills? Oh, pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very nice to me, though. I, I lost a, a few balls, and um, nah, it was tough, man. I don't know. When, it, when it's cold, like, she was minus seven down there every day. It was freezing. Like, we, we teed off on Monday. I think it was about midday. The greens were frozen, so you actually had to hit it about 40 metres in front of the green because they never got any purchase on the green. So if you hit the green on the full, it'll just bounce like it was hitting the concrete. Bounce, 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 ball by ball. So uh, it was good, mate. Good golf was um, 
you know, kids had a blast. They're up in the mountains and, and they loved the snow. So it was cool to be able to just spend some time with the with the family, mate. So awesome, but great to be back and ripping into sport. And right now we're watching Paul Cole. He's playing in the PSA World Tour Final over in Egypt. And it's currently 8 all up against Asal, the fourth seed. So we'll keep you up to date with how Paul Cole's going. Hopefully he gets the job done and he comes on our show. We have a chat to him uh, after he celebrates and and has a wee uh, has a wee go. So awesome! To, um, we'll keep you up to date with how he's going. Well, coming up shortly, we're going to talk to Craig McMillan about the cricket, and we're going to chat to him right now. What's well, fair to say, the Black Caps have faced an English Test cricket side that we've never seen before, and it's been a punishment in long periods, scoring at run rates you'd pair with ODI cricket. Bears's men have taken the third test away from the Black Caps. We've got one more day left, but they're currently flying. They've got Root, and they've got Ollie Pope in there at the moment, and uh, it'll be hard work for the Black Caps to salvage this one, I must say. Staring down the barrel of a 3-0 sweep over in England, and we're going to have a chat to Craig McMillan. He's on the ground over in the UK. Macca, how are you, brother? Morning, Izzy. Thanks for joining us, mate. Look... Uh, mate, any chance? Any chance we can salvage anything out of this, or are we staring down the barrel of a three zipper? <laughs> There's always a chance. <laughs> There's always a chance, but it's going to take take a minor miracle, really, isn't it, for um, New Zealand to find a way to pick up eight wickets and, mm. and keep England under that total. It's uh, it was a disappointing day again. New Zealand have had um, opportunities right throughout this Test series, um, unfortunately. When they've had those opportunities, they've let them slip through their hands and they just haven't been good enough at the end of the day to, to make the most of those opportunities, which is why they find themselves 2-0 down and perhaps 3-0 down after another day tomorrow. Mate, the two missed opportunities from Kay Williamson going upstairs. Um, obviously, the, the camera slows it down and and it kind of looks like it was probably a desperate move. Like, a, 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 Is it desperate times for the Black Caps at the moment? Mate, they were shockers. Mm. The first one, Joe Root was hit about a foot outside off stump. Um, and then I heard Tom Plundell, who I think convinced Kane Williamson to actually go upstairs for that first one. And usually the keeper's got the best line, best sight. The bowlers always punch drunk, aren't they? Because they think everything's out. <laughs> yeah. So so they want to go upstairs. So there's no surprise there. But the second one, I heard Tom uh, Blundell say, well, it's closer than the first one, than the last oh. one we just went for, so let's have a look. <laughs> and, and it was, to be fair to him, he, wa- he was correct. It mm. was closer, but it was only six inches outside off. So two critical errors, really. New Zealand have only got the one review, but yeah. just sort of sum things up, really. They've just been off. They haven't been that far off, but they've been off enough for this England side to get on top of them, um, put them under pressure, and they just haven't been able to respond. Craig, do you think a lot of that's got to do with Mac, um, with Baz getting in, inside their heads, just by the you know by knowing how he prepares and what he brings to sides? Not so much, Kempi. I think it's more got to do with Baz getting inside the heads of the England players. Yeah, because there's been a noticeable shift in how England are playing their cricket from um, 12 months ago. I was over here 12 months ago when New Zealand beat England one 0 in the two Test match series. And, and to be fair. England didn't have a number of their top players playing in that series. The likes of um, Ben Stokes wasn't playing, a couple of others. So it wasn't their top side at the time. But still, um, they've certainly made a a big mental shift in the way that they play test cricket. Um, 
it's that aggressive approach. It's playing with that freedom. That's what McCullum's done since he's come on as head coach. He's freed them up. And he's also made them believe that they can win a game from any position. Um, 12 months ago, um, there's not a chance in the world that England would have possibly have won these three test matches. So there's been a big mental shift within mm. the, this England side. And Baz has um, obviously played a big part in that, along with Ben Stokes. And where, where do the black caps go, uh, Maka? Like, f- for us sitting over here, I feel like the top five probably been a bit underwhelming at the moment. They haven't really scored. But then you've got Daz Mitchell coming in and Tom Blundell, who had question marks at the start yeah. of this, um, uh, this series. He's, mate, put on an absolute clinic. But, mate, where, where do they go now, the black caps? Well, they've got some work to do mm. is because it was – uh, underwhelming home summer where um, they lost to Bangladesh, um, drew yeah. the series 1-0, and then they drew 1-0 with South Africa as well. So they won two of the four test matches. They possibly could lose all three here. So the, the test record since becoming world test champions actually hasn't been that flash. So um, I think they need a little bit of a reset. Um, I think it's fair to say they got selection wrong in this test match. AJS Patel oh, yeah. should have been playing. Um, you look at the opposition, Jack Leach, who I think's a good spinner, but I think AJ's Patel is just as good, if not a little bit better, has taken 10 wickets in this test match. And New Zealand don't have a frontline spinner. They went in without. Um, so you have to question the selection that they've made in this test match. They've just made errors right throughout. Um, Can you explain so why, they, Mecca? They... What the AJ's? Like he's played, he's played, bowled two overs since he's got a temper. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I pretty... can't. <laughs> I wish... I wish I could, um, because we turned up to on day one here at Hitting Leap, the pitch looked brown, it looked dry, it looked like it was going to turn, it looked like um, if you won the toss you would bat first, which New Zealand did, and then it, it would have allowed you to bring your spinner into play, so New Zealand effectively went into this test match with three frontline bowlers, and Trent Bolt, Tim Southey, and Neil Wagner, and you've got Michael Bracewell and Daryl Mitchell, who are two part-timers, so it's just not a well-balanced attack. They went for the extra batting. Um, eight batters, to me, was, was crazy, was overload. It was almost because we've been struggling with the bat. The top five haven't really performed as well as what they normally do, so we'll just stack our batting. And I think quite often, whenever you stack a side with more, you actually get less. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's a question mark over that. I think they've just been outplayed and outthought right throughout this test series. Hey, Craig, what about the media? Like, we were talking about that early on, about how Baz would come under the under scrutiny of the media if things didn't go his way. But has it happened in New Zealand, with New Zealand going in as favourites and Baz, you know, turning the tables on them? Um, look, I, I think that, you know, New Zealand have performed pretty well, Kempe, when you look mm. at the last three or four years. They've been pretty consistent. We're very good at home, and you should be in your own conditions um, most sides are. I think there's question marks when we tour overseas in terms of um, how we play cricket because the style we play of test cricket in New Zealand has to be different when we go overseas. And I'm mm. not quite sure we've quite understood that or worked it out yet. And I think we have to be a lot quicker with that. So, like I said, at the end of the series, there will be obviously a review, but there needs to be questions asked about um, the tactics of this New Zealand side, the selections and the performances, because at the end of the day, barring Mitchell and Blundell, um, we just haven't scored enough runs. Um, the three key performers for New Zealand this series have been obviously Daryl Mitchell and Tom Blundell, who have done a great job of digging New Zealand out of holes, and Trent Bolt as well. He's the leading wicket taker in the mm. series as well. He's been outstanding. But barring that, 
um, the New Zealand players have struggled. This, for Kane, where do you think Kane's at at the moment? Um, obviously, he's still probably struggling with the elbow. We we know that that's always been a troublesome injury for him, but but has he still got the the kind of change of room feels? Do you feel like he's still the man to lead the, the Black Caps going forward? Yeah, I do. Mm. I think Kane's been underdone. He just hasn't played yeah. the volume of cricket that he needs. He's one of those guys that loves playing cricket, and and he hasn't played, played T20, played in the IPL, didn't have a great IPL, so he actually didn't have a lot of confidence or a lot of time in the middle. Um, and if you look at his record, he didn't play last summer for New Zealand because of the injury. So the injury has really impacted him, and I think he's still searching a little bit for his game because I, I know from working with him for a, a long period of time, when he's got the work, when he's done the training, when he's been able to hit the thousands of balls that he likes to do, when he's like that, he'll score runs for fun. Unfortunately, that hasn't been the case for him in recent times. So I thought yesterday, he got to 48, I thought, oh, he's back here. He's actually looking pretty good. This might be exactly what New Zealand need. And then he made that waft outside off stump, which is just not a, it's not a mm. cane shot, but it just showed that he's a little he's a little bit underdone. But come our home summer, he'll be fine. You know, once he gets a bit more cricket under his belt. Hey, Macca, just to, just we're going to take left here. Baz, do you think he'd have a word in his ear, mate? See, so wants to come home and coach the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> that magic touch, you reckon? <laughs> we can, that, that might we be can a bridge too far for him, Kempy. He can do many things, <laughs> but that might be a bridge too far, mate. <laughs> When are you back, Mecca? The Wednesday golf cruise, missing you. Yeah, I'm not back for a while because I'm moving on to Ireland after this is to oh. um, follow the Black Caps. I've got a one-day and T20 yep. trip to Ireland, so I'm going to follow them there. Then I might head to Scotland and then maybe on to the West Indies. Oh, so mate. I might. <laughs> so it might be um, away for a wee while, you mate. You got the sticks so, with yeah. you, though, eh? I haven't, no. I've only had one oh. round since I've been over here, mate. They've been working me hard, so... Um, Hoping over the next week to maybe get a second round in, but it, it hasn't been um, top of the priority list, unfortunately. Been hearing some rumours actually. Been, You've been swinging it pretty well, eh? Yeah, I, I'm disappointed because I'm missing your money in my wallet. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's one thing that I've definitely been missing. But um, Boy, yeah, I don't, no, I don't miss good. your sprays post it after I, I miss that pup to to go even up against the lads. I don't miss that at all, mate. <laughs> oh you did you laughed we had a good time didn't we yeah we did mate hey we're going to let you go Craig uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show doing a great job over there in the UK and uh, maybe just you know, get him bears his ear and tell him to calm down please <laughs> <laughs> go easy on the boys tomorrow 2-1 sounds better than 3-0 doesn't oh, it does hell of a lot better mate thank you so much cheers boys there he is Craig McMillan out of the UK just well, pretty honest, honest summation of where the Black Caps are at. You know, Kane. He still thinks Kane Williams is the man for the draw, and I still feel that too. He's just under, underdone, mate. Like he's had no cricket. I feel like that elbow. Ever since he's had that little niggle, he hasn't been able to come back from that, and just probably lacking a bit of confidence. Yeah, I wonder if that. You know, I'm just thinking about that answer that he gave, and uh, how much of the decision and around playing Kane was trying to play him back into form. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you, you do that at that high, higher level is that you do get players that come into that high-performing team that aren't in form and they do go and step up. And in Kane's instance here, it doesn't look like uh, that's been the case. So I don't know whether, whether or not he needs a break, you know, mm. give someone else the captaincy or take the pressure off him, just let him concentrate on getting back into some rhythm. 
Um, yeah, it's a, it's going to be interesting to see what the review, what it comes out of the review. Uh, once they, it looks like they're going to they're going to uh, miss this one as well. So, be interesting. Does this, Louis, Louis? Does this show that how important Ross Taylor was? Is this is this the gap that he's leaving, or is it is it not not not? Are we just clutching it for near there with with his absence? If you I think if you look at the run output, no, it's not mm. because he wasn't in his last year. He wasn't scoring. He wasn't actually propping the Black Caps middle order up. Decision making, um, just a calm head. Calm I mean, head the, the guys that look, the Black Caps have been so stable for so long. They've got guys like Tim Southey, and they got Luke Ronke traveling with the team. You know, like, like as a betting coach, Gary Stead. They are a very stable unit. Kimby, you're saying Kane probably needs a break. Well, he's going to have a break because they're going to move on for this white ball tour where they're going to play the Netherlands and Ireland and Mac is going to follow them some life for Macca. Gee, <laughs> missing out on winter back here. But, yeah, Kane, Tim Southey, I think Trent Bolt and Devin Conway are going to come home and they're going to get their rest. So one thing that, Izzy, nice. you've spoken about a lot is how good New Zealand cricketers are around their workloads yep. and treating players as humans rather than just vessels for runs and wickets. Um, and that is something that they're going to do. So he'll get some time off. He's just had another kid, his second yeah. kid. He got to spend a week a week or two, or maybe not even that, with his um, mm. wife and his newborn back here. Then he had to shoot off his elbow. I think the interesting one for me is Gary Stead. Mm. Yeah. Because as Mac has said, they've not picked the right bowling team once, bowling unit once mm. this, in three games, three tests. The balance has been off in every one. So clearly there's a an unalignment between what Kane thinks is right and what Gavin Larson and Gary Stead think is right from a selection point of view. And it'll be interesting, I think he's four and a bit years into the role now. They've had a lot of success. He's got a lot of capital. I'm not saying I'm not calling for Gary Stead's head, but I'm just wondering where they're at, where the Black Caps are at, and when you need a fresh voice. And I think that's probably more more of an interesting conversation than the Kane Williams one. For do, me. do you think, like, which is you, you raise a really valid point, Louis? Like, do you think that the New Zealand Cricket um, Association had Baz McCullum down on the list of coaches? Couldn't afford him, is he? <laughs> but but is that what it is? Is, oh, it, is think, that what it is? Is, is think, it about money? Oh, look, I don't think I think it's not all about money. Um, I, I think there'd be probably someone else that was before Bears and another guy down in Christchurch, uh, a guy by Stephen Fleming. I think he would have been on the radar. He spent a bit of time with them mm. over the summer, yeah, went into true. the camp. Going to the World Cup. Going to the World Cup. So, like, if, like they'll have him on the radar, especially with what he's been able to do over there and, and what he did for uh, the New Zealand cricket team when he was captaining. So I think he'll Then be how come the English didn't have Stephen Fleming on their radar? Yeah, interesting. Really interesting point. And they probably did, mm. I would say. I think there would have been... They went. They probably looked... Up between those two, they, right? looked they would have looked really far. What we've got with the Black Caps is actually kind of like a conversation around the All Blacks where the Black Caps have been so stable for a decade now and they have their process of appointing their coach. And the way that you've got to remember where England have come from, they were a rabble, so they could take a swing and take and pick Bears. Not saying Bears wouldn't do a great job with the Black Caps, but you look at what they did after Hessen moving on to Gary Stead, they've probably got that um, appointment regime that they want to keep going. You know, because if it's yep. not broken, you wouldn't... You know, Does that make sense? It does, it? 100%. It, it, it does. But for me, it just always raises a question when you see guys and, and, and where they sit on the table and wh- who's positioning them where, especially when... like. Oh, seriously, you got to take your head off the bears. Mm. Oh, like he cool. was on a he was on a no winner, wasn't he? Mm. Like he fails, he cops it, he wins. He's the he's the he's the best ever. So 
you've got to think of it from New Zealand's point of view, though. When you're when you're talking about coaches, like where were the, where they must have a list and say, well, Stephen Fleming, yeah. Baz McCullum, blah blah blah. Like where was he, mm. and is he the future for New Zealand cricket? Oh, be an interesting question, and I know he'd love to come back. He'd love to come back and and coach them and be a part of that that setup. But I think he's got to go get experience. And I've already sent a message and said, mate, calm down. Calm down, mate. <laughs> I might have put a few explicits in there as well. Just this calm, really yeah. doing. Yeah. You know? a hold of the reins. <laughs> uh, remember, we actually asked him outright, would you coach? Would you do? We asked him, would you coach the Black Caps? Because he said that they, he thinks the Black Caps would get mm. to a point where they'll split the Red Bull and the White Bull like other teams have done, and the English have done it. He, ironically, he's gone to coach the Red Bull. Remember, we asked him, would you coach the White Bull or the Black Caps? He said, yeah, something I want to do in my life. So, I, look, I don't think the door's shut, but it's um, a great question around that, Kempi. Mm. 22 minutes past seven. Paul Cole locked 11 each. We'll get him on, man. Baz, <laughs> be good get. Yeah. <laughs> 11 each Come in on, the Colby. first set in the final of the PSA World Tour. Asal, they've been fighting tooth and nail, climbing over each other. Colsey's been on the ground about 18 times already. I he, saw that hustle, eh? Oh, he, wow. he, got, he got that point. Mate, on Thursday, he's going to be... It. What's happening here? You better get on the ground. Oh, 800 if you want to talk black caps. Referees, mate. And cricket. After this, we're going to go back to our ABs 23, our selection. And we're going to keep going through the reserves. We'll let you know where our team's at. Here we are with Kim's Warehouse. Great savings every day. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. It's time for the great selection. It's Izzy and Kempe's All Blacks 23. And it's gone to And Takiyaho! Oh, oh, we picked it. We picked it. Yeah, we picked it. 27 minutes past 7 this morning. AB's 23. Uh, we are building our All Blacks 23 for what we think they're gonna is going to be against the Irish, which is this weekend. It's Test Week, oh. lads. I hope you fizzed up. Is he going to be at the game? I am going to be at the game, mate. First time. I'm coming, eh? You coming, eh? I'm coming with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm your, I'm your bodyguard, do mate. You, do you want some tickets, son? For sure, mate. I'll get you two, bro. Good man. There that's, you go. that's the perks, brother. There that's you go. The perks. He, he, he just asked me. <laughs> I, I got two spare. That's so, how it happens. I'm going, I've got the um, All Backs reunion on Friday night. So going along, um, all the players are catching up and having a bit of a night of it Friday night and then go along. They to do the that so well, mate. Like I'm em- envious around around that sort of stuff that you're always talking about catching up, playing golf, doing mm. bits and pieces with them, invited to the game. You know, um, I don't think rugby, that's one thing rugby league could learn off you guys. 100%. Look after your old boys. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, so and then I'm going along to the game. Going along first time in the stands watching. Do you go down to the change of rooms? Nah, nah, I won't do that, bro. I'm not hanging on that much. Nah, nah, nah. I'll just, uh, I'll catch up with them. Um, during the week, I might go pop in. I'm, Daisy's coming up. We've got a kid-free win, uh, weekend for a couple of nights. Uh-oh. And, um, Watch out. Watch out, Auckland. <laughs> but going to go along to the game. Nice so I'm, stuff. I'm yeah. Well, we've got George Bauer, Samiasa Takiaho on the bench mm. so far in number 17-16. Uh, we're looking for two positions today because we were away on Friday. We're looking for our reserve tight head, and you've got Carl Tuanokoafi, Angus Ta'aval there. Or offer can play a bit of both. Mm. And we're looking for a reserve lock. Now, the reserve lock surely is Scott Barrett. Yeah. We're Hand, starting Brody and Sam. Hands down, yeah. He, and covers the Lucy's. Covers the Lucy's, too. That's, yeah. that's why you have Scotty yeah. Barrett there. So, double A, double three. If you, uh, who's your reserve lock? Easy question. 
answer seems easy to us, but it might not be to you. Double eight, double three. It's the most votes win. We'll go to SCNZ underscore Instagram. How good was he at Eden Park? Oh, uh, just <laughs> I watched. Do you know there's actually a seven? There was a seven Sorry, and a half just... minute mixtape they made that yeah, they put on the, the Crusaders. It I watched it. Just the leadership qualities. We don't want to bring it up, Lou. Anyway, Move on. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, your reserve, your reserve tight head. Look, you guys got any strong opinions here? Uh, for me, I'm going to go Angus Tarvel. I think, um, or, or to Mighty Williams, or, or Fletcher Noel. <laughs> nah, sorry, <laughs> didn't want to bring it up. Move on, is he? Kimpy can't even look at you. We're glad. <laughs> sorry, Kimpy. Um, I'm going to get Angus Tarvel. I think. Um, it's just probably the, an obvious choice for me. I think he's been playing reasonably well for the Chiefs. What I love about him that is different from the others is his ball-playing ability. He's a ball player. He's very mobile. He does his core roles really well, but he's a, he's a different type of prop. And we know what Foster's style of play that they want to gain. They want to play a, a fast, expensive game. And those are the those props are key to that, that success is the ability to play ball player, hit that backdoor player so they can you know, play that expensive game. So for me, it's Angus Tarvel. What about for you, Kimpy? Oh, look, I agree. I think I think you know he's um, he is mobile and he he will like yeah. um, you know this new way. Hopefully that we're going to see the All Blacks play this weekend. But I've added him to the bench for another reason, and I think we all have those characters in rugby league uh, and in rugby union that help build team culture, and Angus is one of those mm. guys. You know what I mean? So he's he's a fun guy. He's he's good to talk to. He's great in front of the cameras, and he's just really good for your environment. Different for a prop. <laughs> which, which is exactly right. So yeah. that's why you would have him in it. He might break the mould of it. You don't have to be a fullback or an outside back or a halfback to be on TV post your playing days. No. I know, but and, but he is. He's a, he thinks he's a halfback in a front row's body. Yeah, he's a good chat. All right, just quickly, double eight, double three, come through with your reserve prop, tight head, and your reserve lock. We've got Ethan DeGroote starting, not in the squad. Cody Taylor off with Tuanga Farsi. Brody Metallic, Sam Whitelock, Akira Yuani blindside. Artie Savia open side. Hoskins to 2 number eight. Wow, Sam Kane will be starting. Aaron Smith, Bowden Barrett, Quint. Tapia at 12, Rico Ioani at 13, Ooh. right wing Will Jordan, <laughs> fullback Geordie Barrett, left wing Caleb Clark, George Bauer, Taki Aho, and that's where we're up to with Izzy and Kempe's AB's 23. Keep your messages coming through. Colsey is one set down Come on, in the Colsey. final of the PSA World Tour. We're going to ride him home here. He's 5-4 up in the second. After the, the news with Aroha for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand, choices for him, pole time. <laughs> SENZ, we are 26 minutes away from 8am this morning. Paul Cole down 7-6 in the second set against Asal in the final of the PSA. Xander Schauffele is heating it up at the Travellers on the PGA Tour, 18-under, leading by three shots over a chasing pack. Lydia Ko, no luck this weekend at the LPGA Tour, but Ryan Fox, our Kiwi golfers are on fire at the moment, and Stephen Elk is still going well as well. We're going to catch up with Ryan Fox tomorrow, 7am, here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. And here's another one for you, Izzy. Mm. Andy Ellis, Nehemil Nuskara, Waisaki Naholo, currently on the top of a building in New York, dressed up <laughs> as wildlife animals, having quote, a party. Quote Andy Ellis, what do you say? Greatest. Uh, oh, uh, greatest city in the greatest bleeping city in the world. <laughs> We're trying to get him on the show. 
this is a little bit this is a little insight into the production of the show try and get him on the show and actually Nehi was so nice and he's going to come on later this week because obviously Mouldy All Blacks yep. All Blacks so we catch up with Nehi but Andy FaceTimes you you missed the call he somehow FaceTimes me oh chat but I'm steaming <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let you carry on with your day Andy but he's obviously loving his time so whose house is that Andy mine on the top of this yeah, building mate. in New York, yeah. like looking at this, like the classic, like have you seen Succession? Like the classic New York skyline. Jeez, he's having the best time of his life. Yeah, it looks cool. Looks cool. And Andy, for someone that's played the game at all levels, he's always about giving back and he's gone over and he loves it. And it was his last time. Done. Last little moment. Yeah, got a message this week to, to send a wee little video for, for old Andy. So it's been a pretty emotional week for him, apparently. Um, so send him a little message and yes, that's his swan song, mate. It's game over for for Andy Ellis. He's gonna come home and I'm pretty Landscaping? sure. No look at he'll be fine. He's got mate, Andy Ellis fingers and pies Ellis. He's got that many things going on. But I I reckon I can see him in a bit doing a bit of media. He's done a bit of radio. Yeah. Done a bit of T V. Yeah. Um absolute He's a halfback champion, yeah. He can, can talk. talk. <laughs> <laughs> he's a charismatic guy and yeah. he's played all over the world. He's been a long time in Japan, didn't he? Um is he mm. he played over well over a hundred games for the Crusaders, probably close to hundred and fifty games for the Crusaders. Yeah. Canterbury Burnside High School product, I think. Um, good Cantabrian and just a, a guy who's loved rugby his whole way. So congratulations to yeah. and Rick Salizzo as well. We mm. should he's been around rugby, used to manage the All Blacks, um, founded Crowd Goes Wild among other things. So congratulations to all the Kiwis involved there winning Major League Rugby, and it just looks like a spectacle. Anyway, see your floor change in an instant with Room View. It's Test Week. Kempi, you're a former New Zealand international for Rugby League. You got to see your team play in the weekend. But when it's All Blacks Week, do you even, you know, it's not necessarily your code, but do you kind of get that little get that little Mate, tingle down your back? He's going the game now. He's going the game. 100%. Well, I started watching Test Football. It wasn't Rugby League. Yeah. It was Rugby Union. I used to go around to my uncle's place. We used to go, we used to take all the bottles from out underneath his, his, um, his house because you used to get uh, two cents a bottle, Ooh, no milk. soft drink bottle oh, soft back drink. those days. But if you got a milk bottle, it was eight cents. Ooh. So we used to take all the milk bottles too. So, he'd, <laughs> so he never had that. Me and my cousin, we'd go and sell those back to the dairy. And then we'd just buy a ton of lollies and go and sleep there. Cause it, and, and what you'd watch that was when you'd yeah. it'd come on like two o'clock in the morning and try and stay up all night. That was my first memory of watching international. Sid Gain was my favourite player. Absolute um, icon to me back in those days. And then playing rugby through school at first 15, we used to go back to the first 15, um, Gawley was a champion. Like, you know, he'd get a couple of beers for the for the young fellows, sit down and watch test match football. Mm. And him and his wife would put lunch on for the first 15 team and we'd just sit there and watch it. So for, when the All Blacks play, mate, and I've been to an All Blacks game. I've actually been and sat in the crowd. Mate, the hucker, like, I'm, I'm like... The hucker for me, the beginning of the game, is a must-watch. Yeah. The all-black hucker is by far the best. Which one? Wow. Well, I actually think the one I watched was the one you talk about at Eden Park. That night you played at Eden Park. Yeah. Um, I was against the Australians there, and I sat down the far end, which would have been the western end. Yeah. I was up there sitting, I think it was me and my son were sitting there, and... All I said to him was, you've got to watch the hucker. Mm. Like, you've got to watch how these guys do the hucker because we really didn't understand in my day what the hucker actually Mint. encompassed mm. and what it actually meant. And then the All Blacks took it to a whole new level. 
And through those early 2000 years, it just was going to all these different steps. And I remember just sitting there going, I could hear it on telly, you know, like when I watch it on telly and I could hear it and I'd go, man, that must be so cool live. Mm. And I just as soon, I was going to the game and I was going, we're not going to be late, mate. We've got to get there, got to be there right there in the All Blacks do the hucker. That's the main part. And it was just like goosebump moment. You're sitting there, you know, you get to put the mics down and then the noise comes out. And I was like, whoa, man, that'd be so cool to be in. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty special. 0800-150-811 or go into the SCNZ app and click on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. My choices flooring poll is there for you today. And look, this sounds weird, <laughs> but Ireland have won the last three or five against... They're not favourites, Lily. Well, hey, hear me out against the All Blacks. The All Blacks are under the pump more than they've ever been probably in since kind of the the John Mitchell days maybe, you know, way back when or, um, you know, a a long time ago, the early 2000s, they haven't kind of felt this sort of pressure. So all I want to ask for my choices for a poll, who gets the underdog tag this weekend? Did the All Blacks take the underdog tag and say, are the Irish are on the up? Did the Irish come down here and say, oh, well, there's no possible way we wouldn't even park? Or does no team get the underdog tag? Is this just a good old-fashioned even test match? I know it's hard for us to get our heads around because usually when the, the, the teams from Europe come down, we just it's almost a given we're going we're gonna to win the series. Mm. Is he? Does anyone get an underdog tag? Uh, I think Ireland. You do? <laughs> I just, look, I just think from history... You know, they've never won over in New Zealand. I think we've got a Eden Park, you know, it's become a bit of a fortress for the All Blacks. I think they've won every test bar a draw against uh, British and Irish Lions. So, yeah, I think Ireland. And I remember two months ago, maybe, I said if <laughs> the All Blacks will win 3-0. And I said I'd eat my hand if they lost. Yeah. You remember that? I do. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous, but look, I, I think the Irish are, okay. are underdogs in this one, Kempi. Oh yeah, I'd have to get. I have to. I have to follow him. God, just just because of the New Zealand Eden Park factor, yeah. um, and I do remember the Irish guy that we spoke to up there said that they were coming down here. Gavin Case, basic yeah, mm-hmm. and he real good dude. And he basically said, you know, it's a build up to the World Cup, and they you're not expecting them to come down here and win any games. So I hope he's right. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. A bit of time for you. Come through on the Kennard Tire phone line. Who is the underdog? The Irish? The All Blacks? As funny as that sounds at Eden Park, is mm. it even possible? Or is nobody the uh, the underdog? Is this just a really even, good old-fashioned test match? Give us a call, 18 away from eight. Chemist Warehouse is now open in Browns Bay. Find us next to New World, opposite Countdown. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. 13 away from eight. Paul Cole up against it. Two sets down in the final of the PSA World Tour. Is he? What would you have been watching? What would you be saying to him right now, just technically, uh, from the squash point of view? I think he's getting a bit frustrated. I think, look, technically, I've got no idea. Um, <laughs> you know, some of those decisions, yes, let, no, let, like who's in the way? And then I thought, oh, you know, he, he could have got that, but the guy was in the way. But then the other guy gets the point. I'm like, how does it even work? So technical, technical... The understanding of the game, I've got absolutely no idea how the rest... I think he's up against it. Like He's over in the Egypt crowd. They're getting amongst it. They're persuading the ref to make these decisions. He just looks frustrated for me. So I'd just say just try and relax and just stay calm. 
He needs to work on his wrestle. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he is getting he is getting bullied out of those uh, positions, isn't he? Get the other t- guy is quite big. Get him, get him on the other guy's top. dominating him in the middle. Mm. <laughs> you should get him down in the Melbourne Storm. What a place for get grappling. Get bellyache. Technical coach. I hundred one five zero eight eleven. Somebody give us a call. Talk about the All Blacks. I'm trying to tell you that I actually think that there's a chance the All Blacks might be the underdogs. I don't think they are. I think that there are no underdogs. But the last three of the five, the Irish aren't scared of the mm. All Blacks. We know that. They're going to come down here. Brendan says on double eight double three the Temper Bed Post text machine, any team that is coached by Ian Foster is the underdog. Well, that's not necessarily true. Another person says All Blacks to win three tests by 12 and under is paying $18 at the TAB. That's from Jamie. Is he, you still think it's going to be a 3-0 series win? I, I do. I do. I, I do believe it's going to be a 3-0 series win for the All Blacks. Look, the, the one thing that worries me, the one thing that only worries me about what's coming over is is the Irish side, set-piece-wise, scrum is dominant. They have a big, big scrum. So if we're not matching them up front and we're not able to instill a solid set-piece, we saw what it did to the Blues. It unravels you. Mm. So for the All Blacks, they've got to get that right. They've got to get that right. And if Carl Tuinukuafi and Offa are involved, they need to be a whole lot better than what they were in those uh, last couple of games because they know what's coming over. And if they are able to unlock us at set piece, it's going to be a difficult because no one in there, right? Richie Moonga, what he did on the, in that final, he won't be able to even come close because if you've got no set piece, you've got no front football, no matter who you are, bloody Lionel Messi, <laughs> you ain't going to be able to, <laughs> you ain't gonna be able to do the things that you need to do. So I still think it'll be 3 0. Um, but yes, the set piece is huge. What about the stakes, Kempi? If we look at the stakes and we think about what England have been able to do in the Test cricket with Baz, and you know, three a three nil series loss, and now we're starting to just have a conversation about Gary Stead and how long he's been in the seat. We know that Ian Foster was under more pressure than an All Blacks coach has been under in decades, probably or a decade at least uh, at the end of last year. If they're not convincing at Eden Park and Ireland go out there, and I do genuinely think it's probably, le- I, I think I can understand the four the four dollars mm. being punted by punters now around Ireland. I think it makes sense to me the more and more I think about it. So if they run them close, what does that do as far as the stakes and the pressure that builds on the All Blacks? He'd be, he'd be at home now, Fozzie, and he'd be a little bit worried knowing that he's going into this Test match series before he heads up to the World Cup and. Um, it's part of his his plan building that side, and and he wouldn't want to lose a series. Mm. Like you know, the I'm not just him. I don't think the New Zealand Rugby Union would like to deal with that uh, in the background as well, losing a series. So, mate, there's a ton of pressure on the coaching staff um, going into the series. And I, I think that's the nail on the head right there, coaching staff. Like I think Foster, he's a good coach, mate. I've been coaching with him. I've got a lot of time. I just I think the assistants. Have got a ton of pressure on them more than in Fosser because you think Fozzie, he's he's the man manager, he's in the helicopter view, he's man managing his team. The coaches are getting, are the players are getting coached by the assistants. So you got the Brad Moores, the Plum Trees, the Greg Feeks. Oh, I think there's a whole lot of pressure on those guys to really uh, come in here, invent, rejuvenate this All Black squad. The game plan has to be different because we saw what went on last year. So there's a whole lot of pressure on those guys to really perform. This is the series, 
they don't get this right, I think there'll be huge changes. Yeah, well, Joe Schmidt's been brought in. He's slightly removed. He's a coaching director and a selecting kind of a advisor. Mm. So he's removed. So he, you'd assume that Joe Schmidt's been given quite a bit of credence to not necessarily make changes but have influence. I think he'll have quite a bit of influence this series. Well, sure. you think where he's come from. Mm. He's, he understands the Irish. He, he knows. He, well, he built the Irish Empire, didn't he? Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, somebody's told me to get my hand off it. The All Blacks at home, Eden Park, favourites full stop, okay? Leave your name to that one. Eden Park is the definition of a fortress. Home advantage, too much for the Irish. I say Foz does have me bloody nervous, though, from Jerome, who I completely understand well that. Wellington test scares me, really. I think that's the one. It's and a that's horrible th- place to play. So they go down to... They go down to uh, the Glass House down mm. in Dunedin, I think, second. Yeah. And then they come back up to Wellington. If the test is tied, the series is tied, uh-oh, tight time. It is very, very wobbly. Seven away from eight. We're back, and after this, I've actually got some tickets for you, and I'll tell you about them, so stay around. If you want to go and see the Irish live, make sure you don't go anywhere. Seven away from eight. Keep your messages coming through on double eight, double three. Right, Izzy's going to debrief some squash in just a second, but game two of the 2022 battle between the Māori All Blacks and Ireland. Yes, Ireland will be a massive week of international rugby in the capital, so you can secure your tickets today at allblacks.com, or you can text the show now, who would you have captain the Māori All Blacks? Double eight, double three. send your side... Sorry, send your captain with your name and we'll hook somebody up with a double adult pass to the Wellington game against the Irish. Izzy, is there an obvious answer here? TJ Pedrada. There's there's two. There's you got Reed Princip, who is in the loose forwards, but TJ I think is the one that, that holds so much money. And like you said, mate, him being in, in the Roma, I think, yeah. That's the obvious one for me. You agree, Young? Oh, hundred percent. I think him coming out of the all black structure, this is first crack at New Zealand Māori, bringing Tikonga Māori, uh, Matauranga Māori into the into that side and, and I guess living and breathing it himself and getting to understand it, he's just going to love it. So I'd name him captain. Double eight, double three. Who would you have captaining the Māori All Blacks? Because there's a double pass for that game up for grabs. Is he the squash? Oh, it's ruining me, mate. That was just a great stroke from Paul Cole and then he gets punished by the ref. Not his fault that a sow couldn't get to the ball. You're fired up. Oh, mate, I can't believe what's going on over there. He's getting rigged. He's up against it, ref. Crowd, they're up against them. Anyway, that's enough on that. Get up, Colsey. <laughs> <laughs> Told and Nico coming up after 8 o'clock and they're going to get him at cafe about now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are building Colsey New Zealand. Is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Monday, the 27th of June. It's just after 8 o'clock, and well, pretty fired up, to be honest. 
poor Cole has just gone down. Three love against the soul. And uh yeah, mate, just just look frustrated. Just look really frustrated at all. Paul Cole couldn't get his game going, was frustrated out of the game, out reft. There's re- got to be an investigation. There has to be, Kimpy. <laughs> it has to be an investigation. Look, we're trying to get on uh Colsey uh, at about eight forty ish, but look, we'll we'll just have to See where we go there. We'll yeah, let him come to us. Yeah, he'll be a bit frustrated <laughs> and, and fully understandable watching that game. Some of the calls. Look, I don't know all the deep underlying detail of how it's all refed and, and how it's all played, but some of the shots were great shots, and Asal couldn't get there, but then he gets a point. Yeah, it's very, very frustrating. Anyway, hopefully get Paul Cole on later on and, and have a wee chat to him. He's, we still love him. We're still proud of him, mate. And he'll be still turning left, let's be honest. I'm looking forward to catching up with him when he gets home and just celebrating his success. Because I'll be completely honest, team. Last year, well, last year when, when we said we're going to get Paul Cole on, I was like, who's Paul Cole? Had no idea. Squash player over on the PSA. And just watching him grow over last year and get to where he is, he built his world number one. He's won a ton of events. British Open. And now, just on the world stage, fighting for a PSA world title, mate. Awesome. So we're going to celebrate his success. And another champion who's been there and done it all. And we've got a few texts on the Temper Bed Post text machine about the Māori All Blacks captain. But we'll get to those later on after we have a wee chat. Ta Nico. Uncle? It was the homecoming we all wanted for the Kiwis as a return to New Zealand with a performance against Tonga that Frank... Their form on paper with a very smart win. Joe Manu was outstanding, having run f- and broken all records of 404 metres. Um, unbelievable. Tawara Nico, who's uh, part of the team that put this Kiwi team, this mm. great Kiwi team heading up to the World Cup together, is with us on the line now. T-Boat, morena. Morena, Kipi. Uh, morena, how are you boys? Good. Good. Yeah. Hey, ma- the glow from the game on uh, Saturday night. So Ooh, yeah. great to uh, have a chat with you guys this morning. Yeah, mate. Just talking about that. Must be happy with the uh, the makeup of the team and lean into the World Cup with that effort. Oh, definitely, Kempi. You know, mate, you've been around long enough, and, and uh, one of the great things is being able to pick a team that's you know fit and in form. And I think we're very fortunate to have uh, you know some great debut debutants on the weekend, but also a, a team of forwards that really outmuscled mm. the. Uh, Tongan pack because when you look at them, they're not a small side and they're very physical too. Uh, Tawara, how do we get more, mate? How do we get more of this this action? The Kiwis playing more, mate. Like, like this one off, it just you know it got me excited. That team, mate, full of superstars, and it got me you know really excited for what's coming on in the end of the year. But how do we get more? We want more. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good question, Izzy. In terms of that, man, if you looked over the weekend with all the international football, you know the. Uh, our international calendar is really dominated uh, more so by the NRL and how they play their games. You know, their, their big thing is the state of origin yeah. and also, you know, the NRL. But, you know, as we saw in the weekend, all the games were fantastic to see all the Pacific nations partake. Uh, so I, I think there's part of that with the International Rugby League Federation is setting our own agenda and calendar. Uh, but, you know, the Pacific nations as we stand now are, you know, uh, uh, dominating rugby league, not only in the NRL, uh, but, you know, through through the number of players that we have, and they're all passionate about representing their country. So, you know, that's something that really needs mm. to be mapped out in terms of international calendar going forward. I'll tell you one thing they should do, T, is they should get a Pacific um, and Māori Players Association so that the players actually make them make them 
um, come up with an international calendar that they play Pacific games all the time. That'll be one way to fix it. Just looking through this Kiwi team, though, on the weekend, mate, strong across the board, spine, middle, mm. and the. if there was one weakness, I thought in that in that left-centre spot with um, playing a back row, Nakori uh, out there, did what... What did the selectors have to choose from as far as centres go um, for this game? But more importantly, what does that position look like for the World Cup? Yeah, that's a really good question, Kempi. The main one that we're talking about, there's a couple of young players. Matt Tomoko at the Canberra Raiders is one that's in there. Also, uh, Morgan Harper at um, also Manly. There's a couple of good up-and-coming centres. But the other one is Remus Smith, who's injured at the Melbourne Storm. You know, he's one of those crop of players you know, there's two or three options there for us, Kempi, but I think in terms of the Tongan side, uh, Madge really wanted to make sure that we had a good defensive effort on the edges. And I think if you look at that squad, you know, that was one of the um, positions that was hotly debated uh, within the series. Uh, he wanted to go with Morata in terms of that with the coach. And, you know, I thought he did really well, Morata there. But in the long term, I think if we're looking at the squad, there's a couple of options with some good young players. As I said, Matt Tomoko at Canberra, Morgan Harper at Manly, and also Remus Smith at the Melbourne Storm will, will come in contention, you know, for some strike for us on that um, on that left edge for the Kiwis, Kimpy. So, yeah, as you said, was um, it was a tough gig. As you said, you've been around long enough, Kimpy. You know, the good players pick themselves in these teams, and, and if we look at the spine that we've got now, and Joey Marnie was over 400 metres, mate, and running metres, you know, and, and he doesn't play that position, but he's one of the. It's, Anybody else? If Tedesco wasn't the fullback at the Roosters, I'm sure Joey Marnie would be the playing fullback every week, Kimpy. But you know the opportunity is there. He's a big body. He's strong. You know, carries the ball really well, and um, you know he creates a bit of indecisiveness in defence every time he brings the ball back. But you know, I thought the back three were great. Uh, Ronaldo and also uh, Jordan Rapana, you know, were outstanding. And um, you know, if you look through the squad, uh, you know. We're very happy with what, how they performed on the weekend. So, so Joe Manu, centre or fullback for you? And, and if he does go back to fulfil that centre role that you, the Kiwis may be after, you got to Mighty Martin that you can chuck at the back as well. So, but for you, centre or, or, or fullback? Oh, I, I think he's um, yeah, he's he's one of those fullbacks that I think you know can change the game. You know, mm. you've got some great players at the moment in the NRL. You've got the likes of, of Tedesco, you've got Ponga, you've got Pappenhausen, and Joe Marnie would be right up there with the best of them. You know what I mean? In that fullback role. I think with fullback, he gets the opportunity to, to roam around the field and you mm. can pop up anywhere. So, you know, when you're playing in that centre position, you're sort of stuck on that edge in terms of where you can play. So I think around the middle of the ruck, uh, where he's got some good footwork and, and very strong, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd play Joey at, uh, at centre, uh, fullback, sorry, for me. Hey T-Bone, by the looks of it come the Kangaroos when they come up to the World Cup at the end of the year, they're going to have a, a Penrith spine with Tedesco at the back so you've got Curacao probably start at hooker, um, I don't know whether Mal will go with Damien Cook with what he saw last night You know, because Curacao released uh, Cleary and, and Luai do you think that our spine on the other hand, which is I said last week, our best, our best spine we've ever picked with Jerome Hughes, uh, Dylan Brown was outstanding, Joey at the back, uh, and of course Brandon out of hooker. Where do you think we sit in comparison to Cleary, Curacao, Luai and Tedesco? Well, if you look at Paul Kempe, you look at the way those guys are playing in their positions. If you look at uh, you know Brandon Smith and uh, Jerome Hughes you know at the Melbourne Storm, you know, Dylan Brown's been pretty consistent. 
for the Parramatta Eels and then Joey playing in that form. So you look at the form in the NRL with those players, they're all in the top couple of teams or in the top four in terms of that. You know what I mean? So they're playing with a lot of confidence and you, and you throw in those guys. So in comparison, you know, you come to the World Cup at the end of the year and it, I think we might be in the same group as Australia uh, in terms of that Kempi too. So it's going to be, it'll come down to that match with us playing against Australia and I think we can match them. Mm. Obviously, Nathan Cleary, you know, did a demolition job on Queensland last night, but, you know, you look at Munster, probably Cleary, uh, Coruscant, uh through the middle and Tedesco, you know, it's pretty easily matched up. Um, I, I think, you know, we go to the World Cup at the end of the year. Uh, that's the next game these guys will be playing in. Uh, they've got a warm-up game against the Leeds, I think prior to the start of the World Cup in the UK at the end of the year. So it's going to be a pretty exciting moment. And, and like you said, Izzy, in terms of you know the players, we should be playing more international football. Mm. It's not very often that we get players, you know, get the best of the best. And like you said, Kempe, this is one of the best teams we've had to pick over the last, oh, in decades, I'd say. So you know, with players informed with the with the with the um, skill level that they have, I think Jerome Hughes is really probably one of the most underrated halves oh. in the NRL. Mate. His kicking game was outstanding last night. And when he decides to run and put the foot down, he can beat two or three players on a dime. So, you know, he showed that again on Saturday night. I think he's the best in the, in the comp. I think <laughs> Jerome Hughes is the best uh, seven in the comp. Uh, uh, hey, just on that, the international game. For me, I feel like the international, you know, the, the Kiwis, the Kangaroos, that should be the pinnacle. But at the moment... Origin is the pinnacle. So how do we change that? How do we get international league at the top? So that is the top of the echelon. Well, it is, it is. And, and you, you talk to the players, and there's nothing better than, you know, the NRL's good, and Kempe and I both played in the NRL, but playing for the country is the top of the top. Mm. You know, that's the best feeling you can ever have. And meeting and talking to the players during the week and they were back, they just loved coming into camp. It was like, you know, you just switch back into Kiwi mode or everybody on the same uh, wavelength. There was, you know, they had two training sessions and they go out and play that game. So when you think about that, you know, the guys are all in sync and they've got some great young talent coming through. You know, and I thought we had a lot of, you know, good momentum off the bench. I think Moses Leota, another Penrith player, Kempe, you know, he's got a lot of leg speed through the middle, so he gave us a bit of punch. Big Naz, also Nelson Asafa Solomona, and you had Foz coming off the bench too. So, you know, a lot of impetus, you know, it's not just about the 13 players, it's the 17, but I think international football is epitome, and I know that Mel Meninga is really pushing for more international games. It would be great to have a three-match test series or quadrangular series between, you know, Tonga, New Zealand, Australia, and, and Samoa, you know, those top four teams at the moment. So, you know, that's something that we could look at into the future. But because the competitions are dominated by the NRL and, and the Super League in the Northern Hemisphere and, and the NRL and something, it's always it's always hard because uh, you're pushing up against the might. And it's, you know, a lot of that money that comes from the NRL and the Super League in terms of that. And that's why, we, you know, New Zealand doesn't have our own competition at that elite level to warrant us playing more of those games. But I think that's definitely something that's on the radar. Hey, T-Bone, so the Tongans filled the stadium, um, you know, which is, a, we've seen that happen now since the 2013 World Cup. What about this uh, competition of, of getting regular test matches against Tonga, especially through the Origin Series? Have they spoken about having a three-game series against them? Because that's the one that's, like, slapping people in the face to say, get it, get it happening. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that has been talked about in terms of that. But as you know, Kempe, releasing your players from the NRL 
and getting them back to play these test matches during that origin window is always difficult because, you know, clubs are really looking after their assets in terms of the players and anything that, you know, the likes of, you know, Tom Malolo and those guys who are North Queensland in the top three now, you know what I mean? So releasing some of those players, it's great for them to go and play in origin, but, oh, it's a different story when you want to play country. So it's about finding that balance in terms of that. And like you, like you said, we'd love to have a three-match series because it's a... When we play Tonga, it's a home game for the Tongans, really, because there's like 20,000 Tongans here and about <laughs> 6,000 team supporters. But it's absolutely fantastic, mate. You know, it's great, great atmosphere, great environment, and, you know, that's a pretty cool thing to see the Tongans come out. They're really passionate. No one, no other team can do what the Tongans do, mate. The Samoans don't do that. The, the Kiwis don't do that. But the Tongans, man, they're very, very supportive, and you've got to take your hat off to them, mate. They're fantastic supporters. Yeah, hence the hence the point I made about the players' association. The players will decide eventually who they play for. It's it's uh, we've got a texter here that says, "Hey, Kempe, it's time that to make Tonga a tier one team." Of course, it is, T Bone. You know, like Tonga have beaten Australia, England, New Zealand, and still they sit down in the second tier. Um, and for me, for the benefit of Origin, so you can go and play Origin. If you have a look at Katoni Stags, for instance. Um, and Tupo, who plays for New South Wales last night, they should have been both playing for Tonga at the same time, not having to worry about whether or not to play for Origin. Uh, do you think that international football, because I can see it, is becoming, uh, with the flavour of Pacifica and Māori in it, and, and through the NRL, a challenge to the NRL? Can you see that? Oh, definitely. Definitely, you know, without the players in there. But like you, as you know, Kempi, Player uh, power can change a whole lot of things in terms of that. So, you know, I agree 100% with you with the Pacifica uh, Players Association. And uh, I know the right person to hit that up, that's you. So why don't we just <laughs> set that up right now? Pacific Players Association. And you can Will you talk to your CEO, CEO and your chair, show. mate, and I'll do it tomorrow? Yeah, the Pacifica Players Show, mate. That sounds like a great idea <laughs> in terms of it. Hey, mate, just, I, know, I know you played in the middle yourself, T-Bone. This is where it's won. Like, we talk about the spine, we talk about Joe Manu, but if you talk about our middle up against the Kangaroos, I know Mel Meningle will be, like, really worried about this. Fisher, Harris, Bromwich, Nelson coming off the bench with Liotta. Um, our middle is first class. It's got to be close, again, close to the best we've ever produced. Oh, mate, you, look, you see Kenny Bromwich and Isaiah Papali the other night. Mate, they just get through a mountain of work. Those guys do all the hard yards, they're cleaning up. You know, you've got Jesse and Jack. What about James Fisher-Harris? What about that run? He just bulldozed through about four or five Tongans, mate. He's just unbelievable, you know, Fisher-Harris. And, and we've still got a couple other players that are coming back through injury and stuff. You know, there's other few other guys that, you know, Joey Tarpany, probably the best number 13 going in the NRL at the moment. The number of offloads, you just can't stop that young kid, mate. He's the beast, you know. So, as you said, Kempe, the middles contain the Tongan forwards. When you've got, you know, Siwa Takiahau and Adam Fanua Blake, who, who break tackles at will, you know, our middles in the defence was outstanding through the middle there. And, you know, with Brandon um, Smith there, man, he was, uh, I don't know if you watch him, but you see some of the tackles that he puts in mm. and the effort that he does, mate, he's just so wrapped and, you know, they've got so much energy in terms of that. And then, so, yeah, no, like you said, we've got some good middles. There's some stuff that they can improve on. But, mate, I was very, very happy with the effort. And, uh, you know, Michael Maguire was really pleased. You know, he just said he just couldn't believe how the boys clicked back into camp, all came together really well. And to have two training sessions and do what they did in that game on the weekend was fantastic. All right, Tawhiri, we're going to let you go uh, shortly. But just one quick question. 
Yes. Who, who coaches the Warriors? <laughs> oh, mate, that's a tough one. I, I, you know, I feel for Stacey. He's got a bit of a hospital mm. pass. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he accepted the challenge and good on Stacey. I just mm. think they need to wrap a little bit of a support around them for the next, you know, six, seven, I think, well, how many games? Left? Nine games left mm. in the rest of the season. So if they can get a bit of a roll on, you know, and um, just a bit of confidence, mate. I think that's the big thing. Kempi, you've coached in the NRL. You know how it is. You know, when boys are low in confidence and, you know, they doubt themselves, second-guess themselves, you know, it's just getting back to basics, you know, get your defence right, run hard and tackle hard, and, you know, things should look after themselves. But, you know, players have got to take accountability too for their own actions. You're a professional rugby league player. You know, this is what you get paid to do. Tuck it up, mate. Just go hard, bro. 100%. That's what you get. And that's one thing I've always loved about you, T Bone, is you always you always harping on about accountability, and, and you're dead right, mate. I just want to say uh, well done um, to you and the and the boys for selecting such a wonderful team and getting international football back on the stage. Thanks for joining us this morning on the Izzy and Kebby for breakfast show, T Bone. We'll talk soon. Thank you, bro. Always good, boys. Good luck. Keep up the good work, and then uh, you're shout for breakfast next time because I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Big breakfast. <laughs> Oh man! You know, to, you know, Tawita. Hopefully, he's still got the radio on. And he's listening to this. True story. Yeah. We went to Manly once. Okay, we went to Manly, and we were taking some people out for for lunch. And T Bone used to have this credit card, but it was like it had expired. <laughs> and he would go, "My shout, my shout." He'd go up, and with the guys, and he'd wink at me, and I'd go to the toilet, mate, because I knew what was going on. He put the card through, and they, and you know, like by the time I get back, the lady's going, "I'm sorry, sir, but your card doesn't work." He goes, "What?" Find the bank, find the bank. Oh, no. <laughs> and they'd always go, we'd pay. And yeah. I'd just look at him and he'd just wink at me, mate. Yeah. Deep pocket, short arms, AT <laughs> bone. Oh, good. 22 minutes past 8 o'clock on the Kiwis. And Tonga, there's a couple of good texts here, but keep them coming through. What do you want for the future of International Rugby League? And on the Warriors, well, they are home this week. We'll talk about them a little bit later on. 22 minutes past eight, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. The Kennards Hire phone line's there for you. 0800 150 811. 27 minutes past eight o'clock. Paul Cole just accepting his second place finishing trophy right now. He looks gutted, but he's such a champion bloke. Look, he'll just he'll, he'll be able to see the bigger picture and be stoked that he made it. Brendan says, I love the international games over the weekend. The passion players coming together after the game, seeing how much their respective jerseys meant to them representing their country. It is what we need more of moving forward. International Rugby League, please. Brendan, great message. I think we all fully agree. Paul Mawadi's here from tab.co.nz. G'day, Paulie. G'day, boys. How are we? Hey, Paulie. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for your next song, Paulie. <laughs> I'm just happy that Izzy's made it back. Crikey. Oh, mate, I'm rejuvenated. I feel good today. Time is flowing by, I must say. I'm, I'm just... The better now, I've heard your voice. What do you got for us, mate? Um, well, we're just approaching Wimbledon, um, <laughs> and we're, we're going to have a bonus back promotion on all of the gentlemen's singles matches and all of the ladies' singles matches. Um, basically, place a pre-match uh, head-to-head bet, and if your player loses in the deciding set, so that's the third set for the women or the fifth set for the men, uh, get your money back up to $50 as a bonus bet. Uh, and there are plenty of matches coming up there as well. I'm just having a look at the market, and I can tell you the best backed, uh, where are we in the gentleman's uh, winner, or uh, well, the favourites, Novak Djokovic at $1.80. Uh, Berrettini is on the second line of betting at $6.50. Uh, Rafael Nadal is at $8.00. And Carlos Alcaraz 
at $10. Best back so far in that outright winner market, Rafael Nadal. Uh, Punt is very, very uh, hopeful that he'll do the calendar Grand Slam. So he has been very, very well back there. Uh, I just had a look at the rugby league as well. Stuck in a wee bit of money on the Warriors Ooh, to win their homecoming match. They're coming home, uh, and and hopefully that'll be the boost that they need to sort of turn them around. And um, the but the faithful, they're back as well. They've, we've taken some cash on the Warriors at a dollar forty-eight to win this Sunday afternoon at Mount Smart Stadium. The Tigers two fifty-five. They've got their supporters as well, but at the moment the Warriors have. Have been pretty well backed at a dollar forty-eight. Hey, Paulie, do you open up a book on the coaches? Like, who's going to coach the Warriors? Uh, we always have one in the background. There's no options. (laughs) (laughs) We always have one in the background, but uh, just current legislation would probably, uh, yeah, probably would be. Right on the line, I'm, I'm saying. We may even step over the line. So I don't think the boys will release that sort of market at the moment. <laughs> uh, the, the DIA, they're ruthless as well. So <laughs> they, they don't love that sort of thing. What would you have? Who would you have favourite, Scott Robertson or Baz McCullough? <laughs> <laughs> or Stephen Fleming. I saw a meme, eh? Fleming. Razor wearing a, a Warriors hat. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Wool has written a brilliant piece. We'll get the boys, Joe, can you share it on our Twitter page? Jamie Wool's written a brilliant, brilliant piece for the spin-off, a uh, brilliant piece for the spin-off where he said why Razor should be the next Warriors coach. Mm. It actually makes the case pretty good. And, he dressed in his Tongan gear. He dressed in his Tongan <laughs> gear on Saturday night at the game. Jamie, unbelievable. I said, mate, you got the wrong colours on. He's like, nah, nah, underneath I've got the black one. <laughs> uh, he'll be loving this week. Thank you, Paulie. Um, just took a quick look at tab.co.nz. They've marked New South Wales a dollar sixty-seven favourite to win the deciding State of Origin game in, Queens- in, Suncorp. in Queensland at Suncorp, two dollars fifteen. That's a fortress, isn't it? Oh, mate, that's a brave bet that one. Mm. Yeah, I think that's interesting, and I guess they're looking. I mean, what they've just what they did to them last night—that smackdown they laid—was pretty impressive, and the Cleary show and. Joel Kane, the f- oh, he the- picked it, hundred percent. We got to give Joel a shout out, don't we? Yeah, Joel just he he came on last week and said basically the Penrith factor they're going to go out there. I think he actually put twenty on it. He said they're going to beat him by at least twenty. He pretty much told us what would happen. He t- yeah, he said this is what's going to happen. Nathan Cleary's going to be released, and well, Nathan, the, I'm not sure. I didn't I didn't start to watch the um, play of the day, but Nathan Cleary is close to the best on the park. Ooh. Jake Travojevic ran for about a million metres again. He, 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 they said you drop him once, he'll never drop him again because he will never let that jersey go. 28 away from nine. There's some odds for you. We've got some great text on the Mouldy All Blacks and also the Warriors to get through. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Our choices flooring poll up after this as well. SCNZ, Xander Schauffele playing superbly, 12 on the 13th tee. Uh, sorry, on the 13th, playing at the Travellers Championship over there on the PGA Tour, 18 under. Ryan Fox, yeah, three, third outright, and we're going to catch up with Foxy tomorrow to hear about how well he is playing at the moment. Last light night, New South Wales just put the smack down, and the Black Caps, well, they are hanging on for dear life. They're like on a drip. 
about to be put to the sword to lose 3-0 against England. And, well, you have to say, fair play England. It's a sort of style we haven't mm. seen them play before and nothing like we've ever seen. So, well done. 25 away from nine. Choices Flooring poll. Choices Flooring Room View program takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favourite floor today. Encourage everybody to go see that. Izzy, who has the underdog tag heading into this weekend's test? Ireland All Blacks, neither. Punters, I agree with you. The Irish. Still have still have the underdog tag. The Eden Park factor, mm. it is the fortress. Even though they've had the wood on us, it took them, what, about 100 years to get their first one. Joe Schmidt back here with the All Blacks. The desperation factor. There's a big Crusaders contingent. Mm. There was a great text here from somebody that says, is he on set piece? Scrums, most packs are of similar size, so that all comes down to technique, timing, and mindset. And tongue on top of the mouth, line outs, no blues players to do the line out calls easy. Mm. That's from Richard. So (laughs) it's a little stab. Set piece will be huge, but I think what the poll results are saying is it'll take a lot for the All Blacks to not be favourites. Yeah, it'll it'll take a lot. But look, they're they're bringing down a big squad. They've got the Māori All Blacks playing Wednesday, which is a huge occasion as well. Um, Pretty special time. And the text machines come through, and and most agree with TJ Perinata being the the captain there, pretty obvious answer, I feel. Um, so they brought a 40-man squad down. It's going to be an awesome series. The Irish, they'll have belief. They 100% have belief. They're coming down here. They know what they'll be able to do over back in Dublin and in Chicago. And, oh, difficult time be able to witness that. Didn't play that game. was in the stands watching it. Oh, they had the wool on them. But, mate, it's going to be interesting. But I, I think the All Blacks will be just, yeah, too, too good in the end. And this is a big, a big test series for a lot of reasons. For the All Blacks. If we drew our Kempi the World Cup favourites for next year in France, there's a lot of people that would put, and in the World Cup scene, would put Ireland ahead of the All Blacks. But 100%. So this France, is... We go France first. France, yeah. South Africa-ish. France, South Africa. Maybe Ireland, okay. England, New Zealand. Kind Fran- of. I'll go France, South Africa, All Blacks. Yeah. yeah. That, that'll be my top three. With Ireland and England kind of right there as well. Mm. The fact that they're coming down here at the end of their season, will will they be looking at it, and we spoke to Gavin Casey exactly about this, but will they be looking at this series like if we can get one here, that is a huge psychological advantage if come the World Cup? Like this is actually investing in our campaign to the World Cup. This is all part of the World Cup campaign. Mm. Yeah, look, I don't think they're coming down here just a lot to, to roll over. Um, and Andy Farrell won't want that from his team. You know, he'll want them to come down here and compete. I reckon there's areas of the game he wants to win. So, like, like as he said, you know, the breakdown. He wants to actually. He'd be really focused on that, knowing come the World Cup, if we've got them in the breakdown in New Zealand, imagine what you can do up here in Europe. So, I think there's little wins that Andy Farrell will be looking at through this Test series. I agree with Izzy. I think the All Blacks are, are fav- hot favourites to win this series. But she's a like the best World Cup. I've seen um, that where you can't pick a dead set outright winner. Mm. That's that's the thing about it. You, yeah. know, you look at what happened at the end of last year. You seriously can't say the All Blacks are going up there to win the World Cup. Mm. No, and, you, and Razor gave an interview to Australia over the weekend where he said Dave Rennie is circling. I'd be very wary of the Wallabies. He also said he'd 100% consider coaching them, which I thought was very interesting. So there uh, you go. That, that's the landscape we live in. Uh, Brad says Ireland will win one test. Where is it going to be? That's the question. Fortress, how'd that work out for the Blues? I think you have to give Ireland one test. I just hope it's only one. That's from Mark. So a lot of people think there is one. Izzy, you've spoken so many times about Wellington. Oh, man, horrible. 
horrid place to play. Just the All Blacks, just, yeah, we've had so much, so many difficult times there in, in previous years. So if there is going to be a bogey situation, it'll be that last test in Wellington. I hope not. I hope not. But, uh, mate, like you said, Kempe, if they come down here and they get one over them, yeah, that, that'll just do wonders for their confidence leading into that World Cup. That first test, that first match uh, at the World Cup, France taking on the All Blacks, mate. Doesn't get any oh, bigger than that. I, I is think that France, it? Yeah. Where they where they playing that? France All Blacks first test of the World Cup opening. Started the France. It's like um. You started the big Olympic Stadium. There. Oh, Springboks All Blacks sold out. for World Cup just gone by, mate. It is a hostile place to play at the best time. Imagine mm. that place humming for the first game. I played a, I played a game there against Paris Saint Germain, who were the, the French side. Breakfast team over at it. What do yeah, you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. <laughs> Live. You got two Live. extra tickets? <laughs> I'll get us some, boys. I'll sort tickets. <laughs> Mate, what a stadium. Unbelievable. Mm, yeah. Uh, okay, there's a couple of good texts here on the Rugby League. Want to get to those after this. But just to finish off on the Union for now, do you think TJ will captain on debut? Daggy, that's from Jerome. Yep, it's what is he saying. Got to be TJ. He leads an awesome hucker for the ABs. The man lo- loves his culture and can pass so much on to the young boys in the squad. Cheers, Pete. No, thank you, Pete. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Brett can't think about the All Blacks game. He's got to get through Wednesday already. There'll be so many people fired up for that. And a couple of good texts on the rugby league. We're going to talk about that. And the Warriors, the week they have back home, and how important this homecoming, another homecoming is. 20 away from nine. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Ricardo in for Smithy after nine. Stay with us till then and then throughout the day. Chemist Warehouse is now open in Browns Bay. Find us next to New World, opposite Countdown. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Costa reckons that he would start Weber over TJ, so he can't be captain. That's interesting, Costa. And the All Blacks always struggle in their first test. Ireland to win the first test by six in the Fortress. The Fortress Eden Park is mm. gone, Burgers. Hodgie. Now, Hodgie, you're not the first person I've had this mooted with me. Somebody else who works in the media and follows the All Blacks around pointed out that if there was ever a time that the All Blacks would lose the Fortress tag, well, this is the most wobbly they've been, and the Irish have the wood of them on recent years, and if they're going to win one game... It'll be the first one. Now, that's where the conversation has started. But anyway, Rugby League, Kempe, Warriors back this week after the homecoming of the Kiwis. You excited? Oh, of course, yep. Mm. At a full um, a full stadium too. Like when you, when you get a full stadium at Mount Smart um, to watch a Rugby League game, it's fantastic. You know, there's a, Rugby League supporters are like no other. They're so noisy and so parochial and get into the, get into the whole uh, atmosphere of it. And I actually think this weekend they're a real chance of winning a game. So... Um, SENZ will be there again. Yep. Did I tell you about Ricardo? Mm. Ricardo, mate, filled in for us on the sideline on the on the test match. Never done it before. Never done it before. You honestly, you'd swear he'd done a hundred times. He was that good. Mm. So he's uh, he will, he'll be joining the so Rick I, Dog. So I said to the Rick Dog, join us again this week, mate. Call the Warriors from the sideline. Bring a bring a raincoat, <laughs> <laughs> mate. Do you, I feel like they're going to lift too. I feel like they're going to lift. They're at home. They've sold out. Um, they're up against a struggling West Tigers outfit, so it's a perfect opportunity to come back and and inspire us and, and get us back on. Like The one thing with the Warriors fans, that they are passionate, they are patriotic, and they do love their Warriors. And when things go good, they're there. When things go bad, they still stick around, but they just demand answers. Yeah. So they've sold it out. They're coming home, and um, you know, I'm pretty excited to see, see what they can un- 
you know, to get what they're able to uh, put out on the park. Ronald Volkman, he's obviously had his first outing. It was pretty special to see his father in the stands having a little moment. Uh, but for him, you expecting him to get another start, Uncle? Yeah, look, I think I don't think they'll go too far away from mm. that team that um, that last started. They're both teams in a similar situation. You know, Kamali, who's, who's picked up the job yeah. off Madge. You've got Stace, who's picked up the job off Brownie. Uh, both teams are battling at the moment at the bottom end of the table. Uh, it's it's a, actually a massive game in that context because they lose, yeah. the Warriors, then they're battling for the wooden spoon for the rest of the year because their run home is really tough. Um, so, And what we want them to do, because I've got three more games at home after this, is we don't want them to lose. We want them to win because we want to fall the stadium out for the rest of the, rest of the year when they come home. Mm. Well, yeah, and that's why I was going to ask the question about what would happen if they did drop this one. And after all of the faith the Warriors supporters have shown, um, but I don't want to go there because I want to start the week on a negative note, but you just hope that there is a performance that the Warriors can be proud of. Like, the fans really deserve this. The Warriors deserve this. To, they deserve to be here, Izzy, but the fans really deserve to to cheer this weekend. They do. They 100% They've stuck around through thick and thin. They've been there. You go back and listen to Tawara Nico's interview. If you missed it, head over to um, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, the podcast, and you'll listen to that. It's a great little chat. But here's one thing say, he says, mate, a lot of the coaches cop all the flack. But the players are the ones out there, and there's a lot of things you can judge a performance on. And he touched on it. Like, these guys are getting paid. They're getting paid big money. Uh, they're professional athletes. They're in the top grade. Go out there and show it. Go out there and put a performance on. You know, like, they have to take 80% of the accountability for what's been uh, put on the park, I feel. So uh, it was a great little little insight that Tawara brought on on our show. So it was awesome. Yeah, look, there's no, there'd be no better way to, to to pay the faith, you know what I mean? So we've been starved of football. We saw some on the, on the weekend. You know, there was that little argument. Louis, you remember about the, the Warriors worried about the Kiwis coming home the week before they yeah. come home? Well, they filled the stadium two weeks in a row. That shows you how passionate league yeah. uh, supporters are. But you've got to win. You've got to go out there and you've got to, you know, You've got to. I don't. I don't think it's eighty percent accountability. I think the hundred percent accountability mm. from the players gets them the the two points that they need. So, you know, Stace needs a win yeah. um, on his coaching record. You know, Sean Johnson needs a win so people can get off his back. But the boys need a win so that they can they can keep that faith within the support for the yeah. rest of the year. One of the best things is that they. One of the glass half full things about them not being uh, having anybody in the Kiwi side is they're rested. They've got full time to come back, reconnect with their Fano here. The with the Warriors that have Farno here. Yeah. Um, Adam Fanua Blake was the only bloke playing over the weekend, I'm pretty sure. Uh, 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 Chanel Harris oh, Davida played for Samoa, Samoa actually. along Take with that back. Uh, Jess Tavaga. Mm. Um, so they had four or five players playing, but you know that's they still had them a drop. They normally lose a ton of players through that's this right. specific window, and they haven't. So you're, you're dead right. They are freshened up. And you just hope that they can put out. A couple of real quick ones for you, Kempe. Um Were the NRL players in the Tongan side protecting themselves from injury? I thought Tal Malolo was on Saturday. That's from Tony. I'll tell you what. If you were at the game, you would have seen how hard both teams were hitting each other. And, and Tal would have touched on that with Brandon Smith around the defence in the middle of the park. It, it was frightening how um, hard they were running into each other offensively and defensively. So, no, they weren't holding back. The, the, the middle, just the New Zealand won that battle. They won it hands down. And that's why they were, were so electric in that first half. And Kempe Goose says, if Tonga become tier one, doesn't that mean that the players can't play, the origin players can't play for Tonga? Leave it as it is for now. Well, that's right, because as you saw with Katoni Staggs, he can play Origin one week and play for Tonga the next. You can't do that if you're Tier 1. Oh. 
Interesting. I don't so, know that. And that's where it comes oh. down to what do you value? And that's where your question is, Izzy, is international yeah. rugby league not at a point now that you can fully empower it? I tell you, you're going to make rules, and they're going to make rules international. The Australians will just change them to make sure that origin isn't affected. Here we go, here we go, boys. Offload. Here we go. Watch this. Offload. I remember. <laughs> remember. Here, Sunny, Sunny, Sunny. Yeah. Oh. Oh, nice. How? See? That's okay. Just for everybody wondering Sorry. what we're doing here, there's a replay of the first test between Ireland and uh, the All Blacks from 2012 when they toured, or 2013, I think it was, when they toured down here. Is he's got like a forensic memory of everything he did in this game? Are you like this with all test matches? No, nah, no, nah, only the ones that I went okay in. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Savier's debut game, he scores three tries. They actually make a break, and, and he's me on the inside and Savier on the outside, and DC passes to Julian. I was spraying him the whole way to the try line. Did they Hit spray me. their jerseys on? It looks like it. Oh, no, they were tight, mate. I was look in the neck back then. Look at Sunny. Wouldn't be out of fit. Yeah. He's like mid-twenties. Oh, money Bull Williams. Oh, <laughs> uh, we've got a massive week previewing the All Blacks. Oh, look at him. Goes ball in two hands, tucks it, and boom, hits the big boy hard. And this would have been one of his early test matches. Oh, no, it's after the World Cup. But and then we got turned over. Put under pressure. So should have kicked it. <laughs> Hindsight. Seven away from nine. We're going to talk about this all week long. All Blacks Ireland. Cannot wait. What a week. Test week. It's always the best. Here's Rick Dog after this for Smithy and we'll get him to sleep on it. Maybe why he's such a good rugby league sideliner. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.